listening to this. This is Matthew Bailey, alongside my critiquing partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. As a matter of fact, I forgot to mention this in the last podcast, but this is actually a special episode. Because yes, folks, as the title hints, yes, we are celebrating our second anniversary. This yeah. is the second anniversary of BS Beats and Bailey. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think about when we were over by Island Bear, right yeah. by, by IMAX, when it was July the 5th when you went to see... Um, <laughs> to Genesis. Yeah, that, that bullshit. Yes, that, that bullshit. Start with bullshit and then we're going to continue with not so much more bullshit. Yeah, not so much more, um, yes, yes, not so much well, more we had, bullshit. We had bullshit last week. Yeah, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, hell of a way to end, yeah. <laughs> to end that year, boy, with, yeah. with Transformers. Yeah. Oh my God. That bullshit. So yes, folks, we are celebrating our second anniversary of Bears, Beats and Bailey. And today we have quite a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, not so much a lot, a lot, but just a lot well, of things that we checked out. A lot of geek stuff happened, but I, I, I made a mistake. I, you know, I had a, the problem I had to keep writing this shit down because so much bullshit is be happening now. Yeah, two a, years, two years. No, but it, just, just <laughs> the, the wave, the tsunami of bullshit that happened throughout, throughout the weekend. I, I think I swear I miss a couple things that will probably come to me. Right. Um, but, yeah, um, uh, so, yeah things right. to talk about. Rick and Morty trailer. Yes. We, get a, we have a date. Right. Um, end of July. End of July. Yeah. Can't wait for that. That's I saw the trailer. I was hyped for it. I love that. Um, the Mad Max. Yeah. That that Mad Max shot. That's yeah. the those those and those shots. Is the one Pickle Rick and a lot of the stuff that was leaked is verified. So yes, it's like yes, I, yes. So the Pickle Rick thing. Although I thought the Pickle Rick thing was in a different scenario, but it's it's okay, cool. Uh, right. um, can't wait for that for sure. Then um, um, well, on the Death subject of, of trailers, Death Note trailer. Yes, the second Death Note trailer came out. Yeah. <sighs> right. That's. I, I don't know, like yeah, I still can't it. wrap around my head with it being a <laughs> feature length movie. I, I just can't. If it's like a, a limited, like a mini series or something, so yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, as I say. But I a couple know. couple interesting things about it. Now, um, the big, 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 big thing is that the, the choice the, the choice who they got for L um, is Lakeith Stanfield of Atlanta fame. Yes, you know, yes. He's a really quirky dude, and it's intru- I would, it'll be fascinating to see what they do, how he plays L, but. This just looking totally now. The big it has a lot of dumb votes online. Not, uh, not surprised at all. But I, and I surprised. I thought a lot of people were even jumping on. Well, you can't have a black hell kind of thing. And it's not really that. It's more well. It's just really Americanized. Yeah. And a lot of people not really feeling that. And, and, and it, personally, and personally, I don't like how L is portrayed just right. from from um, a physical perspective. That right. okay. So you because you want to be the moody, mysterious guy. You have to have this um, but I think thing it's, over it's, your, your it's, mouth. It's so. almost entirely Americanized. Yeah, so, so that's your character. You're just right. going to have this over it's your mouth. It's almost entirely Americanized, which is, which is kind of dumb. Um, the problem is that... And then in the trailer, they already already undermine a lot of the big narrative things. Like yes. With, with, with L from before, no one had a clue what L looked like. Exactly. Like not even close to a clue. It was just a letter on a screen. Yeah. So it's like, why you have a public press conference? <laughs> That, I don't know. Yeah, it, I wasn't. I wasn't because, for, because America. That's right. right. And then another thing too that um, another thing too is that well, again, another thing too is everything just looking like it looking really looking like gonna be um, Ghost in the Shell all over again. I mean, in terms. Oh, of, you mean the Americanized? Yes, yeah, yeah, you're not. And, it, it, and then they will not totally not get what made um, that notes. That, that yeah, notes so, so great. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another analogy I like to think is old boy. You know? oh, again, right. not necessarily bad or a mess, but. It's like, yeah, that's pointless, and you totally missed the point of why yeah. old boy would. And I still haven't seen that, you know. I'm a, I'm a Spike Lee fan. I, I, um, I skipped out on yeah, old boy. Yeah, again, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. But just totally missed the point of why old boy would. Right, totally but something about it. it, it felt to me like they just 
picked this. They just picked him out of a hat. Like, right. hey, Spike Lee, you doing anything? No. All right, do oh, do old boy. Remember yes, that movie? Yeah. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like it's something that he should have done. It was a missed opportunity because uh, yeah, you're kind of going off on Spike Lee's old boy, but it is an example of the problem of of you know, the general problem with American cinema and Americanized cinema. Exactly. Yeah. It's you know um, they totally missed the point, and then yeah, they had the opportunity to say, okay, if you're doing an Americanized version, here's what to do. Mm-hmm. with the material which is you make it very specific to the culture here's the thing the, the spikely old boys in new orleans so you could have made it a very specific cultural thing in new orleans much like how the old old boy is very specific to korea yes that's very specific korean things like the whole hammer thing yeah that whole hammer thing is a big korean thing about because it's about because of the big factor of gun control mm-hmm. so you're going to change that make it interesting yeah then do that um, but they just, they just read the, the, the hammer scene because people remember the hammer scene hammer scene so, right exactly yeah. it's like yeah you missed the point of what the, why the hammer is important here's the thing though uh, the movie I would like to take them is the, the analogy of good translation or reasonably good translation is Infernal Affairs and The Departed. Yes. I hope it's something like that, but I don't expect it to be like that. Yeah, um, yeah I expect it to be good, go to the shell all over again, which is, you know, you, you have the material and then you don't get why it works. Exactly. And you just think it's going to ride off of the, 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 just the need, premise yeah, and shit, title alone. And that, that, that's the only thing that's going to elevate the big, your yeah, film. And the big highlight of it, though, is... Uh, uh, what do you call him? Uh, playing Ryuk. Oh, yeah, yeah Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah, right. Excellent. Well, he has Dafoe's, his voice down. Yeah, Dafoe's Ryuk might be the big highlight. Uh, he looks great in this. Uh, yeah. you know, what they, I like what they're doing with it. And, and he, he sort of cackling, <laughs> laughing. Yeah, we get, guys, we, I love we, that. Yeah, yeah, we get the Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes, the Gob- Green Goblin Green laugh. Goblin laugh, yeah. Uh, I, We're going to have a hell of a time. <laughs> I, yeah, I on the, the edge for this. I, I, think, I personally think they're going to fuck it up. Um, expecting them to fuck it up, but... Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think so too. I think this might be another um, Iron Fist. No, nah, I, I don't think it'll be that bad. Okay, um, okay. I don't think it'll be that I think, I, again, my, my analogy, the working comparison will be Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Just, again, you totally... It's not that you missed the point. It's just you didn't add anything to the material. And it's like, yeah, you just... Like, was it, why? Yeah, why make this? Yeah, just kind of copy and paste. But you yeah, really don't, do you don't get why it translates. But, yeah. you know, film-to-film translation and failure of that is just kind of sad to, to watch. Mm. It's like, it's a film-to-film translation. So we're going to do anything is the culture. You have to understand the culture. Yeah, yeah you don't get exactly. Whatever. Um, and just stick with TV for a bit. We got our first um, trailer for Inhumans. Right. And I saw it and I was like, all right. Um, like, okay, personally, I'm not... I, I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to the hum- in, to the Inhumans. I know a couple uh, of characters, like that right. guy who was dressed in black. Right. I'm familiar with the logo and stuff. Um, the dog, I remember him right. from before. Um, but the, the big the big gimmick with this is that it's shot entirely with IMAX cameras. Right. Apparently, they're supposed to get like the first episode in select IMAX cinemas, I believe, in the States. Yeah, well, well. Um, so I know we're not going to get that I, I, down I, I here because, you know, I don't fuck care, us. I, I, know, I don't care about that gimmicky <laughs> bullshit, frankly. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, okay... But the see, thing is, because I got sucked into that, oh, it was shot with IMAX cameras, yeah. with Transformers, I look at what I got with this shitty aspect, yeah. aspect ray shooting. And I expect that with Inhumans, but I'm just expecting that this is going to be exactly what it is. Yeah, right, so a just couple, a spin-off of, of a, Aegis of S.H.I.E.L.D., right, not more. A couple things. It's looking cheap as goddamn hell. Oh, my gosh. It's looking cheap as hell. Mm. But, it, I mean, no worse than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was exactly. Yeah, Jesus, she was it's, 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 it's ABC budget. Exactly. So I don't know. Take, another thing is that I thought the trailer was kind of bad. Like the edit was kind of bad. Um, and then they decided to do the whole. Well, okay. So the Black Bolt character, he really only Black Bolt. That's his name. Yeah, ah, Black Bolt. Right. Yeah. Black Bolt only have really one thing about him that is interesting. There's only one thing about Black Bolt that's interesting. He can't talk. But as in not that he can't talk, is that if he does talk, 
you have problems and then it, yeah, it shit happens mm-hmm. yeah it, it, we, we know what it is which is weird his voice is insane shockwave that is blast out right and he, he, even in the slight whisper because they show it in the trailer which was, I thought was a little cool where you get hit from a police officer yes or a, I forgot it a security guard or something and then it's, he, he does make a slight noise and then that causes huge shock with pushing a car away yeah like alright whatever um, but on the subject of like those but, action set pieces so I, I felt like you know if this is your your teaser, if you will. Yeah. If this is to hype people up. I didn't think it did its job well enough. Like, I watch it. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of talk yeah. and a bunch of, well, there's all this stuff going on inside this community mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Like, it didn't really hype me up. It's yeah. just the whole IMAX gimmick is what had me right. like, hmm, and, right. and, and the thing with it is that, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't hyped as well. Um, and the, the problem I have is that, yeah, they're just trying to do the Game of Thrones in space thing. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, there was that guy, um, oh gosh, the, that, that, creepy guy um, or who had um, see I forget names no. the, the one who had that guy tortured yeah yeah I, saw his face yeah right. him who used to like to this um, skin people alive that was yeah. his that was his thing yeah. yeah I saw his face like oh shit look this guy in it I was like yeah. alright but still uh, yeah but this, I, I'm not impressed with this either I was, I was bored of the trailer I was like alright I have a couple of things I like but, and because I'm not a big in humans fan I, I, again I know the material I kind of know the material I know the dog and I know Black yeah. Bolt I know the Queen blah 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 um, you kind of know his royalty and all of them just kind of yeah. real high maintenance types. So it's like, all right, I want to see how this could play out, but I'm really not excited. Yeah, um, um, I, I, but then, I, again, then again, with Agents of Sheila, I thought I would have been hyped for that. I ended up being bored and then got good. Right. Uh, uh, but, but I think it's because I did not watch season four of Agents of Sheila yet. Right. Um, I think that's why I'm not that excited for Inhumans. But you know, I, I guess I'll have well, the last, the last, Yeah, the last couple of seasons of EOS was pretty damn good for a lot of people. In fact, they, they, they considered it better than everything DC had on television. Wow. Um, a lot of fans will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to watch it to judge that, but me for me, too. the first three seasons, I didn't see it, especially third season. Yeah, third season was like. Uh, was terrible. And that's how it ended, where they yeah. kill off McGill, uh, Migna. Yeah. It's like, it was uh, rubbish. So I was, on, I was hating on that <laughs> shit. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, what else? Trailer. Oh, yes, the next trailer. The first trailer for Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle came out. Right. And I was Not like. Excited. The fuck? Really? Yeah, I. I what? I, I wasn't hyped for this at all. Um, Neither me. I mean, this is all right. So uh, this is like the third film this year that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in. Like, he just has it so good that he could just be in any mediocre film, with the exception of Fast and Furious Eight. Cast still love right. that show. Um, he could just be in anything, and he's still making bank. You know. But, but that's the thing. I mean, the whole like, okay. So the whole Baywatch thing was a bit of a dud. Um, bit of a dud, you say? Yeah, a bit of a dud. <laughs> uh, you know, in fact, to the point where he kind of lose a lot of credibility by, and you know, he should have just save face and keep quiet about it. But he's like real defending it online and oh, it should have do this and oh, you don't understand economics and all that shit. I was like, yeah, no, the movie shit and they do shit. Sorry. Yeah. And so with this, I don't know if this will be good. I have no idea. Um, it looking terrible. But here's the thing: I'm not some big defender of the original Jumanji. I didn't was Jumanji a thing before the the Robin Williams movie. I don't remember. What do you mean if it was a thing? As in, was it like a, a game or anything like a? No, TV no, no, no. It was. Like, it wasn't. It was just some. It, no, just it, it was. Just, it was Original a movie, script. and then okay. of course there was the right. um, and the animated series. And right. I think there was a game for it. I think. Yeah. But they probably made an actual the actual board game for it. Yeah, but I think that there was a video game with okay. centered on the board game. If okay. I'm not mistaken. I didn't give a shit. Um, about the original movie that much. I mean, it was kind of cool for its time, but I was yeah, not, I was it, not it, it's it's really a product of its time. But right. to me, like. I remember a couple things with it. I remember um, late grade Roger Ebert criticizing it and saying that this movie might actually scare kids because you have all these wild animals coming out of a right. game, like intent of like killing the the, the child characters. Yeah, in the show. Yeah. And I was like, 
come on, it's just a dumb summer movie. And that's what it was, you know. It's right. something that you remember. It's like, oh, yeah, back in 96, this came all the time. Yeah, what was it? It was Robert, Robert Williams, Williams. David, David Allen Greer was in this, I think. I, I can't remember who yeah. else was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember happened. that that monkey just being, like, this right. really weird-looking character. Right? If you look at it now, it's like, it yeah, looks terrible. It looks terrible. This, um, this not looking well, looking funny in the sense that alright they do need the whole role reversal and they're switching up the characters and it's it's to see everybody play kind of the opposite look of them anyway like because they're high school kids yeah. or whatever or middle school kids and then they you know it's a girl it's a prissy girl a nerdy girl um, uh, well, they had the black, um, the black two, kid two black characters okay. well surprisingly two black characters but they had the jock um, and then they had the nerdy, a nerdy black kid or short I didn't even pick up on stereotypes. Right, the dice might was. It was just one, two, three, four people. Right, okay. in high, in high school stereotypes, and then all of them do the, they do a kind of role reversal with each of them. So right. they have the, the, the hot prissy girl in Jack Black body. Yeah, like that, that was that was kind of interesting. Although right. I find that it's Jack Black, right? Jack yeah, Jack Black is Jack Black. Okay. Yeah, but it's like, really oh, like, oh okay. gosh, been there, seen that somebody in. This, right, and then they have yeah. the nerdy girl in the hot body, and like yeah, right, that, that that's um, a girl, Karen Gillan, right. you know, from um, Galaxy Galaxy. Right. Yeah. 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 And I like how like on the net they like well they explain why her outfit is right, like and this, they made fun of and why her stomach is exposed. Like yeah. oh my god, my stomach is like, yeah. They made really? fun of it immediately. Yeah. And it's like it totally fit within the stereotype of the show. So it's like all right, whatever. Yeah, um, um, but I, they just had me at the video game thing. Right. When I, I saw that, I was like, I don't care about what? that. Either. I don't care about that either way because it's like whatever. It's a board game. It's an Atari video game. Like, but this kind of undermined what the point was. It's well, a game. You, you roll the dice. Right. Thing happens. Thing. So, so no, it's well, all they, on they, chance. They, now. They're, they're like right. you select a level and boom, dice thing. So they, they mix it, but they they, they, they they drop it backwards anyway because it's like it kind of like how the cartoon was, if I remember correctly, where you go into the game. Um, Instead of Robin Williams going into the game, remember that? The yeah, yeah, I remember like the that? cartoon, yeah. but it was still based off a chance dice, right. with dice, dice and stuff, it. yeah. And this one more like Tron more than... Yeah, more like Right, right. <laughs> like a, right, I saw it. It's like, oh, we get sucked into a video game. Yeah, and, and, and in case the title didn't really hint it, we have to play that song from ACDC. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the, the jungle! Because Cultura don't know what that really, is. Really, Cultura don't know what it is. Really I don't know who this for, but here's the thing. The, the Goosebumps movie wasn't half bad. Okay. Um, and if you are a big fan of the Goosebumps, like, but you see, they have a whole legacy of novels. Exactly. So, I don't know. But with this, I don't know who's these Jumanji kids who love Jumanji. So I whatever. know, but they are fans of the movie, you know. Let, let me be real. They are right. fans. I right. don't think they're going to like I, yeah, this I, at okay. all. Well, whatever. Moving on. I will come and go. I expect it to be bullshit. Yeah. Um, and they're coming on Christmas, so I right. feeling it'll be just like, uh, remember Point Break when it came out a couple of years for Christmas? Yeah. And people didn't give a shit here. because um, Star Wars came out. Right. Yeah. So I have a feeling it's going to be just like that. Yeah. Just come and go. Right. And I people know. will just see it last minute and be like, yeah, worst movie of the Yeah. Year. So coming up, we will be doing just the reviews for uh, Jesus' new album. Yes. 444. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about, oh, we should talk about Kendrick Lamar's new video. Yes, we need to. Um, his, although, um, although everybody do a think piece on this shit already. But yeah. Um, I surprised the usual people who will do a think piece on something like this did it so quickly. Like, uh-huh. they put it out one fucking time, Jordan. Like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. you bought your video for this one time, all right. You know? Um, but the video for this, if I'm not mistaken, it came out uh, Wednesday, I think. Is yeah. It? Uh, yeah, Wednesday came out. It's for um, Element. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite tracks off of the Damn album. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about it is that how abstract the images are right, right no uh, well okay so it's a, bu- a bunch of like old photography references if you know who, who um people like uh like i pick up on it's like oh shit that's gordon parks though okay i didn't, parks I didn't old, know right, that right he's an old old photographer he used to do a certain stuff for i think time magazine or something yeah like i know right. gordon parks but i didn't know they were referencing um hey, you know it's his, it's his career because the same shot the same foot photography you know? right so like all right cool and i think they did a reference to um uh I think it has some Robert Mabel top in there as well. 
Okay. So I was like, all right, I have to look it up. I know it's gone, perhaps for sure. Right. Um, but um, as you mentioned, photography, the cinematography for these yeah, shots. Fantastic. Fantastic. By the way, I already, wow. got it, already got it locked for that. So like, all right, cool. I'll slap that in Vivinci. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice, I'll, nice. I'll go outside and film one of my birds and then, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, props for whoever it is uh, oh, yeah, directing I, 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 these no, videos the for the guys I, I forget I, his name. Yeah. But my God. I forget right. the dude's name. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's this guy who did, I think he did um, the last one. Um, DNA, which I yeah. loved, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and of humble. course, humble. Yeah, humble. Yeah, humble. Did humble yeah. as well. And he just, did. just the visuals for these three videos thus far are excellent. He's a really like a really big time modern film filmmaker. Because Kendrick, eh, Kendrick got an eye for talent, much like yeah, Kanye West. You know, you, you look for your, your film talent, you pay them money, and uh, you make a good video for you. Yeah, but, uh, but what I read into the images, though, abstract as they are, I mean, they're not too abstract that they no, don't yeah, understand they're, they're what's going on. But it's really generally about the just about the cycle of violence in today's um, society. Yeah. So you have this little kid being told by showing by his dad how to fight and punch and thing. And I believe which, it was which, either him who right. fell off the roof or him was just getting beat up or whatever. Like yeah, that. but they did, they did the whole thing because they, you could, the thing with fighting, yeah, that whole cycle of violence and you, you teach people to fight but at the same time you teach them the the, the place of violence in our society. Exactly, at least, yeah. at least to understand violence. Not necessarily, oh, you had to go and fight and beat up somebody. Yeah. But understand, look, Shit could go down, understand that, and that's right, right, and, and that that's what they show. Like you that see, like you see Kendrick with one group, yeah. and then the next group roll up in a van and like they're ready to fight, and you yeah. even see Kendrick throw a little punch, and I like how yeah, they kind of cut which, back, which is the fakest slap. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this bit slap thing, yeah. And you know, it really reflects what he's seen on the album, even right on the chorus, where you see, if I have to slap a pussy ass nigga, I'm gonna make it look sexy. Right. So it's like real glamorizing stuff, the mm -hmm. way how it looks, the whole slow mo shot, yeah. But stuff, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, at this the environment where I'm at. I might end up having to do this. Yeah. I might want to, but it might have a, a moment where somebody might try to, you know, beat me up and I might have to no, yeah. take action. And it's, like, it's just understanding any, any any martial art should tell you that. It's yeah. like, no, the, the first thing you do when you um, when you get accosted on the street or whatever it is, is run. Yeah. Or, att or, or attempt the to run. Or the art of fight without fighting, as yeah. Bruce Lee said. Yeah, you avoid it. You avoid yeah. conflict. But this, this I kind of get what the, 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 the narrative is. The cycle of violence, totally work. This mm -hmm. um, video, I love this song. Um, damn album is not my favorite Kendrick. It's still it's still Section 80. <laughs> I know, I know. It's Section 80 is still great. Yeah. Um, damn um, is one that still has to grow on me, so yeah. you, I wouldn't be surprised if it does make it to my top 10. Right. But... Uh, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the video as well. Right. I don't know if we're going to get any more videos. Um, I believe we're supposed to get um, one for Loyalty. Right. That's the um, collab with Rihanna. Right. Yeah. Um, I was expecting one for Love because Love okay. is has a single wordy kind of right. sounded anyway. Yeah, it's a radio play. Yeah, radio play kind of thing. Yeah, and um, then um, we're going to do a review of Jay-Z's new album. Yes, 444. Yeah, I going to admit it. He sang a song and it's, a, it's, it's directed to me. Which was <laughs> men ripping it off a title. That was funny. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Made fun of those kind of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry to say, because I have a visceral hatred of what title is. And I totally understand that. But yeah, it was a totally bad move. Yeah, from, from a business perspective, I get. But it's at the stupid. same time, no, but it's, like, it's dumb. I don't it's, need this. It's really, really dumb. Title yeah. is really useless. I know I have title on my phone. Right. And I end up getting it anyway. Yeah, but why um, have to pay for, I, for, 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 for music that and I either it, not going to come out or I just not going to care about now I had it I had it a while now because like, all right, I just want to see what how much title stuff. But title is real useless. And the only reason I kind of get it is because I just want to get a lot of just GZ music off, off the cuff. Right. Off the cuff. But I, like, I, my title subscriptions be real intermittent. All right. But, but, really but question on title. How regular do music come out? 
Like, is it like tracks or? No, right. It's be it is being bursa tracks. Yeah, it is be like uh, something that's come out and it's like how Netflix is. That's what it is. I mean, it's just the same model. So it'll, it'll have bursa music ever so often. But most of it is just you. Most for me, it's just the old catalog stuff I care about now. I'll just go back and say, hey, I want to listen to Volume Three. Right. Because you know that's it. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. And in the end of the day, I'll push, push, come shop. I don't listen to that much music. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just not follow my subscription to title this month. Um, and then two months or three months will pass. I'm like, oh, I want to get this. And it's only because our album comes. Mm-hmm. And I'll sign back up for it, pay our whatever, a little $5, and then that is it. Right. And you move on. Yeah. Um, it's really inconvenient. Sorry mm-hmm. to say it. But Jay-Z called me out. Cool. Yeah. I'm kind of glad he made but, me out to yeah, that. But it's, yeah, whatever. But yeah. It's, it, it, is, it is a pathological relationship. And I totally understand why title could be failing. If I understand it is failing. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, we'll see. But right. big, big music things like that, do the stay on, the stick around for a long time. Anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll, um, we'll do a review Right, of so it. you do. Uh, yeah, so I will do a review of it. And right. in addition to that, um, Ricardo is going to review um, a movie from. Um, well, sorry, it's a movie that came out, I, I believe it premiered in Cannes a while yeah. back. It's from Netflix. It's called Okja. Okja. It's a South Korean film. Or, or how to turn children into vegans. Yeah, I I compl- the the director's name is Kee Swee, but I so, know um, he's the guy who did Chun. the post. Sorry, Pung Chun. Push push post post Yeah, sorry, sorry. If yeah, Maglin. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I I've been I've been meaning to check it out, but you know this weekend was kind of hectic for me, so I didn't get around to that. Yeah. But I did see season one of Glow, which was a, okay. a series that right. I was excited I, I, for. That's the opposite. So I had the opposite case. I had to make the choice. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see Glow, so Matt yeah, will talk about so that. I'll review that. Um, but both along, of us, yeah, both along of us saw. That, yeah, both of us saw. Sorry, Baby Driver, yes. which is a movie that we were excited. The latest for. from Edgar Wright. Latest from Edgar Wright. So we'll share our thoughts on yeah. that. So um, alright. So let me just jump into four forty four. Yeah. Right. So this is the believe it or not the fourteenth album 14th? from 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 um. Fourteenth or thirteenth? Well, sorry, fourteenth studio album. Studio. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 13 solo album okay, from, uh, right. from Jay-Z. Okay. Remember there was Watch It Rune, which I right. actually liked from way back in 2011. Does, does um, Best of Both Worlds count? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, those two collaborations, yeah, right, those two yeah. albums. No, here's the thing, Best of Both Worlds. Best of Both Worlds and Unfinished Business, the, and then afterwards the rivalry. Yeah, no, started. Best of Both Worlds is, it have a couple tracks, it wasn't the worst album ever, it have a, a couple tracks I actually like on it. But I actually like the title track. It just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, right, exactly. It's yeah. a pretty good track. It has a nice. What, what yeah. is this? I think it's just please. Yeah, yeah. He has so, those horns. Yeah, that, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah, I love yeah. that. But no, it's just it's just how disastrous that tour was. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know for years. It's something I never thought thought about. Like wait, how come Jason Arkell never had a big relationship with each other after that? I thought it was a decent enough album. I realized it's one disastrous ass tour. Went yeah. down, and it's like, wait, that's a real petition, though. You know? And for what I well, everybody in the conspiracy that Jesus sabotage it. Oh, by the way, we're going to talk about conspiracies with this. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Because Israel, Israel aired out a dirty lodge. You cannot yes, see good. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it was just funny to talk to see how that whole thing just fall. Because you get into the history, and it's like, wow, real petty. This went down with, with Jesus and R. Kelly, though. You'll be shocked how somebody at that level could be so goddamn petty. But. Yeah. That's how it is. And I think around the time when the second album was supposed to come out, that's when the rivalry took place. Yeah. And I think they just released the tracks that they didn't put out now. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah. At that point. But whatever. Moving also, on. Moving on. Um, right. So this is so this album. Uh, my shorthand for this album is that it's the I like to call it the Bojack Horseman of rap albums <laughs> because boy, it's just real draft, real shit getting dropped throughout this whole album. It's just confessions and emotions getting spilled out. Yeah. I was like, wait, this. This is a fact, though. This is the world, though. This out there, now. Okay. Yeah. Right, true. Right, true. 
Well, I would say as, 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 as a Jeezy fan, I think it makes sense because of, uh, you know, his age, you know, he's, yeah. he's getting older. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me slightly of Life is Good from Nas. Um, yeah, Life is Good. Yeah, yeah, where it's, you're getting older, time to be reflective, time to be introspective. Yes. Let's see what you could you could do. And yeah, Jay-Z come good with it. It's actually one of his better albums, in my opinion, from that standpoint. Now, yeah. I'll, I'll admit, there are no really big bumping tracks in this. Um, no, no. I, two I, or three, that's the point, technically. Two, yeah, two or three of the tracks. Well, but the same thing with Nas, too. Is like two or three of the tracks are decent enough. I like the opening track. Mm-hmm. I like Life of OG. It's a really, like, catchy track, even though it's one of those, one of those really subversive tracks when you think about it, um, especially when it comes to dealing with race. And then the track, as you mentioned earlier, we was, before we talked we started the podcast, you mentioned earlier the Damon Marley. Yes. Track of Damon Marley, pretty good. Um, enjoy that. But yeah, there are really those two tracks that are really cut with thinking. But then I started to listen to the lyrics of some of these tracks overall. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. What's going he, on, boy? He, he, he goes, he, yeah, he, he gets deep. down with yeah. this way. He yeah, does, he goes does, deeper. Does. It's like, wow, Jeezy. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'll just I'll just track continue track, from yeah. here, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I will do like a track by track review. The good thing about this thing is that it's actually ten tracks. It's actually um, yeah, twenty six minutes long, yeah. which surprised me though because you know I was like, well, wow, we going back in the nineties when yeah. men used to bring out like men like Scarf used to bring out albums that was like what forty two minutes long. And yeah. Even like Nas himself, yeah. um, Illmatic was like yeah. what forty two minutes long yeah. a day about. Yeah. Cut like, the wow, fact. Yeah, cut the fact. Drake, right. anyone? Yeah, Drake that freaking more life album. Eighty-one minutes. Yeah, why? Nonsense. Why? Like, and, and you have the other. See the call it a mixtape. So it's just yeah. what like. Well, these are just the songs that I love, and here you go. Eighty-one minutes of yeah. just me singing and rapping. Why we'll edit no. that shit down? <laughs> cut that shit. You know. It have look it up. People who listen to all of that, but I am definitely not one of them. I only uh, listen to the album once. Yeah, I have no intention to listen exactly. to that <laughs> from bullshit. start to end. Eh? That's what I mean. Set up goddamn bullshit. I mean, I could understand if you're belting out a set of, um, if you're belting out a bunch of different albums and it's not that long. I'm um, like, okay, say future, future, future doing the, the two part thing. And just, yeah, he doing two part thing. Yeah, he just belting out albums, even though it's a set of crap. You know. Um, and you know, styles and just going all over the well, place. No, but that's Future. Future is a person who have no discernible style at all. Yeah. That was never. He's just a trap guy, and he just talk mumbly shit <laughs> over over <laughs> over a decent beat. Yeah. That is he. That is he shtick. In fact, to the point, he to the point where he is an instrumental on his own. <laughs> Whatever. The point is. Um, I don't mind that, but you see that shit Jake do? Like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, wait, nah, 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 unacceptable. And the worst thing about it, we'll we'll talk about we we'll get to Jay Z in a bit. What the worst thing it's is, a Michael label shit. Once I'm again, yeah. Once again, the the um the writers and the bloggers and stuff like that who write for these these magazines and stuff, yeah. they would be like, well, you know, it's Drake, and I know the album long, but I mean, it's Drake. I mean, he puts out great hits, so yeah. yeah let me put it in my best stuff now. You know what I mean? Because if we don't, we'll get me because people cuss me out. Yeah, why? Yeah, why? Yeah, if you don't and, like and the album, Drake, say that Drake has an insane fan base. Like, yeah. it's a, a fan base is like, wait, this is like shit. Like, you wonder if it's a Stockholm syndrome going on. It's like, look, yes, Drake is a very hardworking artist. I'm not knocking that. True, but true. it's a torrent of mediocrity, though. Yeah. Let us be clear about that shit, no? Jesus. Like, like look, that, like this one views is yeah. just real filler and yeah. mediocrity, man. Yeah, look, the man have his tracks. I ain't saying no. It have tracks. It have some genuinely great Drake, Drake, Drake songs out there. But seriously, what the fuck? Yeah. Chill that shit out now. The man have an insane fan base. Why? You why know? is it? Why do people so, so much of a big fan of this man? What do they see in this man? That whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, I think it's like about a week or so when he when he announced my keyboard that this album was coming out. Like just right. literally out people were like what? Yeah, anyway, okay, before, we get yeah, yeah. Well, okay, before you start, just mm. two, two 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 little hip hop things. Yes, yes. Uh, I mentioned. All right, future comes to our next album. What the fuck? What? Yeah, I listened to it. I don't care. Yeah, 
as I say, he do not to partake. No, no, no. I, well, all right. Like I know he brought no, he brought out two albums this yeah, year. I know that. But he's bringing out a next one. Yeah, next set of bullshit. Uh, that uh, out, and then um, I wanted to mention Joe Budden again. We had to talk about <laughs> Joe Budden because Joe Budden cracked me up because it look. Let me, let me mention Joe Budden. Why not? Okay, so you watch BT Awards. See what happened there. No, so but I, I watch, heard things that happened. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the whole BT Awards. I don't watch any of it. Um, I just follow it on Twitter. I didn't watch any of it live. I'll probably make the effort to go see it after. Yeah, me see, too. Me too. I'll probably just see it. Yeah. I'll probably torrent yeah, it. Like, watch like it quick. I especially want to see what happened with Remy Ma. Right. I especially want to see what happened with. I with, thought that would have been bigger. Edition. I yeah. thought that would have been bigger with with Remy Ma beating out um, Nicki Minaj. I yeah. thought that would have blocked more now, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the thing is, Joe Budden just having this complete goddamn meltdown over rap and where rap should be. And here's the thing: I totally understand where the man coming from. You know, especially in the light of Lil Yachty and. And you know, Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert and them. Like, it, guys, look, it's yeah. it kind of a little getting ridiculous. But at the same time, his tone and attitude is absolutely ridiculous, too. Yeah. Like, you know. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this later with the, with the right. album review. There's yeah. one specific track yeah. that addresses this. Oh! But. Right? Oh! I was supposed to mention that, right? Better mention Future Album. Holy shit, there's a line about Future in this. Oh shit! Yes. That is I remember that. Yes, yeah. I heard it. I was like, I, because it takes me a while to pick up what went down there. I was like, I said, okay, it's like, wait, what? You say, and then, oh shit, and it, it, it takes about five seconds, ten seconds to connect. Wait, 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 wait. Bob Day? Like, yeah, real yeah. draft, though? Like, wow. Anyway, um, yeah, Joe Button having a complete meltdown. I will have to have a, a, a full expose <laughs> about Joe Button in the future if this behavior continues. Because mm. Joe Button is like, this is real ridiculous. But my thing is, he is much better than this. That is my thing. It's like, you're too big for the shit. Much better than like, that. Like, I man. get, look, I totally get where the man coming from. I totally get it. But, Good God, man! This yeah. man have a horrible attitude, dude. Like, like I know he have it's like, like you know, just emotional issues and stuff. I right. get that, but he's too big of an. Uh, well, I mean, big. I mean, in terms no, of he, lyricism. No, in terms of lyricism. Stop what a, he's a doing. Lyricism to, be maturity. Yeah. Because if, if the whole point, like I get it, because your whole thing is right now the man is just straight up get off my lawn, killing this wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but a you're not at all. B, and look, the man he's a he, people accuse him of being a corny rapper. Which I don't necessarily believe, but I think he's an excellent lyricist. Me too. He's me a, too. I remember back in the days when he did Pump It Up. Yeah. He was kind of silly then. Yeah, but that was, but that was, that was, that was commercial. That was, that was commercial. Yeah, that was commercial then. Job and then when they started listening. Whenever he started, when he joined with Slaughterhouse, yeah. it's like, well, holy shit. Yeah, the man is a hard rapper. I see that person. I was, he was underrated. He's a person I discovered to be yeah. quite underrated for years. Yeah, but I didn't but, know but that I think, until I think, really. Yeah, I think some people just probably find he's whiny because he's always about. You know this emotional stuff to going right. on and again over alcoholism or whatever it is. That's my Those thing. Kind of his, yeah, because his attitude, color. his attitude is about art and how seriously you should take art. Yeah, I totally get it, and I get the idea that you shouldn't have if it, your art should be come from a real place. I totally get that. So when you see Vert and them just being silly and care, you know, never make, never make care mm-hmm. kind of attitude, I get where you're coming from. But at the same time, thing is, Yati surprisingly dark and deep in his own way. Right, yeah. you know, but you had to listen to the lyrics. You wouldn't see it from the tone. You True. hear it on the radio, and it's like, well, this man is a devil maker. Oh, you know, oh my, and I inspired my little eye and all that shit, right? Yeah, no, 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 right? yeah, right. yeah. Well, right. it's it's Kyle and right. Yeah, well, but, he uh, but my point on is, my point is, you know, and the same thing with Dram, you know, yeah. it's about being friendly. But at the same time, yeah, it has still still some deep shit with it. Will we get a deep yacht in the future? Probably, probably not sure. Time yeah. after tell. Yeah. But, this but now with that album he came out with right. this year, that teenage emotion thing, yeah. no. Strip it, right? <laughs> Strip it. Right? The person I kind of put in the middle of the whole thing is probably like somebody like Tony on Savage, where he has had to really investigate what's going on with them, and it's like, oh, 
this is some dark shit, but at the same time, you're kind of silly and kind of hard for me to you take know? them seriously. Like, no hard, though. Which yeah, I still no say is the worst. Yeah, no hard is, no is a mess, yeah, but, but no hard has some dark ass lyrics. It's like, what the fuck? Like, you know? Like, you went with this? All right. So many shots people think is the 4th of July. Yeah, like, I'm like, really? all right. <laughs> but at the same time, that's a problem with people. Like, like, like that's the interesting thing about black hip hop, young millennial black hip hop artists at the yeah. same time. It's very difficult to tell the difference between. It's a kind of pose law thing. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, everybody, everybody knows what pose law is. It's something on the internet where you can't tell the difference between. Between humor, a parody, and the, 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 the legitimate ordeal. Right. But because right. A, 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 either a philosophical or ideological position would be so ridiculous. You can't tell if it's a real opinion or if it's parody of that opinion. Mm. That's what I, I assume. Yeah. Right. Because, like, especially with Rap Today, you know, you have, um, right. like, like um, a big example of this is um, Slim Jesus. Right. Where he's talking about, you know, he wouldn't go around and shoot people, but yeah, in his videos, he's, he has fake guns and everybody right. has fake and guns. Right, and he can't tell, right, exactly. About, it's the same, shoot you in your head it's the same thing with them. It's yeah. like, you can't tell if they're parodying what's going on. Or trolling your... Like, trolling, yeah. right. Or if they run through that shit in real. Here's the thing. In the case of Tony and Savage, when you do the research, like, holy shit, some of the shit really happened to him. Yeah. Like in terms of his violence, I and mean, when he had to move out of school, he, yeah, he because was, he he, exactly. he, came, he came with a gun, yeah, and exactly. All that kind he had a whole set of drama. It's like, oh, this. Guy although did. although he was he was defending that line, and he was saying he was, he had it to defend himself, right? But, but that's the thing. That's a real that's a real opinion to, to hold. So it's an interesting place of humor right now, now in terms of humor, like because it's not Lonely Island, right? No. It's not those guys <laughs> where that's definite parody. None of, none of them went through none of that shit. Mm-hmm. Clearly, even though they just put real artists like Too Short who went through some of that shit. Yep. Right. However. Um, in the case of 21 Savage, it's this, you're not sure if it's a parody, you're not sure if they're being an edgelord, or if they're really going through the shit. And it's an interesting cacophony of emotions. Exactly, yeah. Fascinating. It's, it's not completely empty, and that's why I find myself going against Joe Button on this whole ordeal. Right. Because he's trying to dismiss the whole thing and throw it out. And I do agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. I'm defending the youth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, the principal skinner meme, right? You know, it's, it, am I... You know, am I wrong? No, it's the youth that are wrong. No, I defended you today. And right. I'm being principal skinner. And I just my two cents on that. Yeah. But, Before, but, but, right, but, so but, but, but good this. points there because I'm right. actually going to take bits of that and going to incorporate it into right. a particular track on this album. Right. right? So, um, yeah, so let me just jump into this one time. So, yeah, so the album came out um, Friday. Yeah. Well, Friday before the time I was recording here. Checked it out. Um, so I'll just do like this track by track review here. Yeah. So we start off with Kill GZ, right? Oh, before I forget, yeah. the entirety of this album is produced by No ID, who is, of yeah. course, Kanye West's mentor. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who did the entirety of Common's second album and still remains my favorite Common album, Resurrection. Yeah. Um, he also produced um, Death of Autotune. Sure. Um, <laughs> yes, great song. That yeah, I yeah, love that. Um, success off of the American Gangster album, love yeah. that track too, and of course Run This Town, which was yeah. a hard tune yeah. <laughs> off of Volume Three, the blue, uh, well, blue, um, Blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, Volume Three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Blueprint Three. What am I saying? Yeah. I, I, I get confused with Volume Two, Hard Knock nah, Life, nah, nah. and Blueprint Tree. Volume Three, uh, Life and Times of Sean Carter. I get yeah, confused. My, my favorite common album is B, but I'm a basic bitch, so. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody loves B because yeah, of what be, Kanye it, did, yeah, and yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's Kanye that helped me. I, I, I'm album. a basic bitch. So I ain't gonna pretend that you know is the best thing. It's not the best. It's not the best album. Yeah, but but there was something about resurrection and the beats there. Yeah. Something really soulful about it, right? Yeah. But right, so we'll get to the first track, which is called Kill Kill Jay Z. Yeah. Um, 
Love this track? Yes. I actually really like this track. Um, I really like the, the mellow beat here. It's really smooth. Yeah. And one thing that, that you know, carries over in every track on this album is there's like these particular vocal samples from like old songs and things, yeah. and they're always kind of chopped up or distorted in some kind of weird way. But you know, that that's all on No ID's production here. Yeah, but um, here as well, according to G himself, this is not about literally killing Jay Z, right? You know, some people are always thinking, you know, um, it reminds me of like um, when the 99 Problems video came out, right. and there was that shot where he got you know riddled with bullets, well, not really riddled with bullets, but you know, you could tell he was getting shot at. And then he had to do that disclaimer afterwards yeah, saying, you know, well, is that meant literally, all these, all these blah, 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 yeah, come idiots. on, you know, it's like, come yeah, on. All these idiots is take it seriously. So I'm taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. So um, he's really talking about killing his ego. And right. that pretty much sets up this album here. It's yeah. not about yeah. him bragging and boasting throughout the entirety yeah. of the album. He does it here or there. But here is really about him just letting that ego just bringing it down and yeah. he's just being really he's just stripping himself off yeah. and that is essentially what this album is about it's just him stripping away all that ego that you know he was developing over his career and just him just being stark naked him being real yeah and here yeah this, every this, track every track is 444 by the way in terms of length uh no 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 actually no um but i'll, I'll get to that 444 thing right. in a bit right so here um this is one of the tracks that a lot of people are going to be um quoting and citing off where they talk about this album here because he just talks about a whole set of shit here. Yeah. Um, what I like here is that he kind of mentions that, you know, is the ego that helped shape his career here, there are consequences there. There yeah. are some bad things to it. So, you know, you could tell he has this heavy heart when he's rapping about, um, when he says, what up, sorry, what up, DZ? You know you owe the truth to all the youth that fell in love with Jay-Z. You got people you love sold drugs too. You got high on the life. That shit drugged you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Because, yes, he did start... Well, before he started rapping, he was selling drugs. Yeah. And then, you know, with his Reasonable Doubt album, he was kind of glamorizing that whole drug he dealer life. He has to take with that. I would still say that that whole drug thing is a really overrated statement. I'm not that impressed with that. Because the way you make it, again, again, it's him. Like, he's the biggest, baddest drug dealer. Right. You know, you know yeah. the baddest Pablo Escobar, right? No. No, no, no. But I... But that was the persona that he had right, in the first Right, and it worked. By the time, it totally worked. Um you know, especially that first album, because he he was not a Hawaiian shirt kid anymore, right? Okay, no, no, not that Hawaiian Sufi shit, no. Yeah, them yeah. days done. So he and he totally changed his style. Remember that was a big change about that. Is that yeah. He was like, wait, there's not something like Jay Z. I told that anybody who knew Jay Z was before, totally changed his style. Look yeah, back, he, look back he, at it. He, he just he just he just kept the whole right. fast rap thing. Right. He just slow it down yes, a little bit. Exactly. But the thing is that he and um he had almost a very very similar style to Jazzo. Yeah, well, Jazzo was his was his ex mentor actually. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, they, they, but he switched it up. You know, I, I, I could imagine they would have split over something like that. Or they did. Uh, I don't think yeah. they are friends anymore. Yeah, because of yeah. something like that. And that's a big thing. That's mm -hmm. a really, really important thing. However, right. next, um, yeah, I also like where he mentions some like um, what he says. He say you walking around like you invincible. You dropped out of school. You lost your principles. Mm -hmm. You know, so just kind of like him. You know the kind of things he would he would rap about before like yeah i didn't need to go to college and get a degree yep. to make all this money and now he's kind of looking back like well yeah it kind of sucks now that i have to kind of come out and reveal this now yeah um but here where people are gonna you know cite this a lot is um well uh, well actually a few people that he kind of calls out here first one being kanye west yeah um that was shocking and it took me a while to really pick up on it but i was like okay <laughs> I'm like, all so right. <laughs> so the line goes like this but you ain't a saint this ain't kumbaya Saint being a reference to um, to Kanye's um, second child, his son, yeah. Saint was. Yeah. 
and then continues, but you got hurt because you did cool by yeah. You gave him 20 million without blinking. He gave you 20 minutes on stage. Fuck was he thinking? Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, with the Sacramento issue when he went yeah. up on stage. He was like, radio, fuck you, and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He called up Beyonce and said, well, how come you didn't um, talk about me yeah. when you get your award? And yeah. Jay-Z's like, well, 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 how come you're talking to me, bro? Well, I'm, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And he just, like, straight up embarrassed himself. Yeah. He was like, boo, fuck on you, and all that kind of yeah. stuff there. I, and I was actually surprised by this because I thought you wouldn't have responded to that at all. Yeah, like, yeah. all right. Wow. And then it continues where he says, fuck wrong with everybody is what you've seen. Mm-hmm. But if everybody's crazy, you're the one that's insane. Right. I was like, damn. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> like, like Kanye right now, actually, he heard the line and he wasn't really offended by it. Yeah. Shuckling enough. He's like, all right, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I fucked up. All right. Yeah. It happens, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another person that he, he mentioned here too is um, Beyonce's sister. Yeah, so Solange. Solange. So yeah, like, that covered it. Yeah, the one I was covered yeah, so he's like, you egg Solange on, knowing all along, all you had to say you was wrong. You almost went Eric Benet. Left, <laughs> let the baddest kill in the world get away. You know? Um, don't, don't and of course, Eric Benet being Halle yeah. Berry's ex and all that kind of stuff. I like how you say, I don't, know if, I don't even know what else to say. Nigga, never go Eric Benet. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. Brutal. Yeah. But the line where you mentioned here, where he takes shot at, at feature, like when I hear it, I was like, it, "All right, it, this is a nice, clever thing." But I didn't take another yeah, shot. No, I take, but when I, take I read my it, up, yeah, I take my while. Right. So what he says is, "I don't even know what you would have done in the future, other <laughs> niggas playing football with your son." <laughs> Brutal. Which is clearly like, yeah, God, Sierra's God. son is with has okay. another daddy now. So, okay, so on, on the internet, on the internet, there's a tomb. <laughs> there's a tomb. Mostly used by, I don't know who to, I don't know what to call him, but it's a good bit of it is alt right, but um, other people is kind of Donald Trump supporters. There's a term called cuck. It's been popularized for the last 18 months or so. Right. And that's what cuck is. It's basically, you know, you, um, some other man taking your child and doing things with your child. And it's like, well, who beat cuck exactly? Is it you or him? Because on the one end, it's the man raising your child, but at the same time, can I have your child? Yeah. Uh, you can you can go both ways with that. Though. Right. But that brutal, John. That yeah. was brutal. <laughs> it was, it was. It had memes, it had funny memes about future. I, I need to look for those no, memes. Tom, it had two pictures I see with future with um, it had one where they showed future just like um with headphones in his ears. And it's a real picture apparently, and he, he had like his real disapproval look. Right. And they just put a caption him listening to that <laughs> last line. And have our next one with um future with the other disapproval look in his face and they have the caption it's like wait a Jay-Z album going hard wait what the fuck wow <laughs> like, like, yeah. but just to get back to that line though with um you almost went Eric Benet let the baddest kill will get away right yeah, but how I, how I read it too is also a reference to you know Beyonce and the inspiration behind her album right. Lemonade which yeah. was one of my favorite albums of right. last year you know with the at, at first, I was telling myself, well, oh, this is like a speculation, or, you know, Jay-Z right. cheating on her, right. you know? Why would Jay-Z, of all people, cheat on Beyonce, of all right. people, you know? But then that's what people talk about so Eric Benet, like, why yeah, would Eric Benet cheat thing. on somebody yeah. like Halle Berry, exactly. you know what I mean? So it's that kind of thing. So that's why he says, like, nigga, never go Eric Benet, <laughs> yeah. you're like, come yeah. on, you don't do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, what this, what this track really sets up is like, you know, this whole personal introspective look at his life yeah. now. And I, I really felt that this was a really great way to start things off. Yeah. So, track number two, we have the story of OG. Yes. And no, this is not a song really about OG's career and life. Not, and yeah, stuff, not necessarily. But, but not the, necessarily. Su- the subtext of it is there. Um, yeah. They make it work in the sense that, well, by the way, there's a music video for it. Um, All right. Pretty Haven't decent. seen it. I saw yeah. the thumbnail for it. It does this old, you know, the old timey Mary Melodies, Mary, Mel- Mary Melodies, Mary Melodies, Stipe, of Stipe, Stipe, Anime. That that really bizarre 
um, old style. And a lot of that old those those old cartoons had a lot of racist shit in it. Yeah, um, like you are sap Mister Jap from Popeye. Right. No, but just, <laughs> I know that but, was that was but, about Japanese. But with black, yeah, yeah you could find um, which was the the forbidden seven or the forgotten seven. I forget what you call it. It's basically these these or oh, the the sensor the, 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 the eleven. Sorry, yeah, I, or I, the band. Um, it's called cartoons. it's called the sensor eleven if I remember right. correctly. And it's basically about 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 eleven cartoons that is just these really offensive. Disney kind of just try to scrub them from the from the record, right? Um, but you can find them in the vault, and it's online. You can find them relatively easily. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's some really really old jazz. Make it, it's a lot of jazz stuff, but it's really just a lot of mommy stuff, blackface stuff. Of course, black it, yeah, black faces, but it, white lips, that right, kind of thing. That, yeah, that big lip, big red lip stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the video though does that. It just plays on that. It, right. it, it, it that you know, it's like the wood nigger. You could embrace it or. You know, yeah, no. and and you get you get into that weird cultural double standard of well, who should use it or is this offensive and who should it be offensive to blah 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 blah. Right, um, it becomes a mess. But uh, this video is pretty cool in that sense. It does the, you know it's Jay moving around and it, they show. I thought it's really really inspired actually. Right. I'm doing doing things like that. Really clever right. video in my opinion. Well, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll I'll check that out. Yeah. Right? So um, with the in, on the production perspective, um, No ID chops up a few vocal samples from um, Nina Simone's famous song Four Women. Yeah, I remember that Tal Kuali actually based one of his songs off um, off of his um, that collaboration with um, with High Tech Reflection Turtle. Love yeah. that album. Yeah, on that specific track. Um, but the only the only point when he mentions OG is like early on before he actually gets in the first place where he says, OG like I'm not black, I'm OG. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's it, really. Mm-hmm. And that really says a lot, you know, because like if you remember, if you're familiar with OJ's story, mm-hmm. of course, um, OJ me in America. Yeah, so right the best movie of 2016. The, yeah, totally and recommend of course, that American Crime Story. You yeah. know, just that story of OJ. Yeah. Him being and, and, accused of being a sellout, and then yeah. when he got accused of killing his yeah. wife, now all of a sudden he's like this black poster child. Like, right. We, we must defend him. We must support yeah. him. You know. And yeah, it was really fascinating to watch that paradigm switch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. And what I like here about this specific track, at least this is what I got out of it. I know there's more layers here. It's really like about um, you know him rapping from the perspective of the being the past drug dealer right. and the present mogul that he is today. Yeah. So in the first verse, he's talking about having a lot of money, also. But however, he kind of regrets that he didn't get around to buying any property in the same neighborhood that he was hustling from. Right. So there's a line where he says, "I could have bought a place in Dumbo." Dumbo is really an acronym for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Right. So he says, I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same build that same building today is worth twenty five million. Right. Guess how I'm feeling? Right. Dumbo. Right. You know? Right. Good luck. So that kind of thing there. And then in the second verse he's talking about he's able to buy artwork for like one million. Right. And then he talk about uh, yeah. but they always you know one year it's like two million. Right. Some years it's gonna be eight million. I'm gonna give that shit to my children, you right. know. And I, I love that part as well because I was really annoyed with the last album. Um, Wait, yeah, Magna Carta. Magna Carta right. Holy what was that song that he? Um, um, oh gosh. Uh, with with I know, uh, Abramovich. Um, with Abramovich in the video and that video was right. so goddamn stupid. The song I forgot, but I know um, the producer of it. Uh, yeah, it was Picasso Baby. Uh, I know the producer was uh, one of my favorite producers right now, Adrian Young. Yeah. He brought that sort of um, that sixties vibe, that ding 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 yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great track, but the thing is, the video is the worst thing ever. I hate oh yeah, that with him video. being in this art gallery, art gallery showing, off, pe- showing off art and stuff. Yeah, and, like, and it was stupid. No, it had Marina Abramovich. I think was the artist. She is this famous, um, famous, you know, artist. The performance artist type now. She's doing right. all this crazy shit, and she's actually a pretty cool person, in my opinion. Okay. However, uh, I died not the direction. I think the video was pointless. Actually, the video was dumb. I, I just literally. The video was real dumb. It's lazy. I thought they'd do more with that. However, yeah. The 
share the thing is it's not that direction Jesus I really thought this was the direction Jesus grew in his career it's like oh you're going you're going to be introspective in this way right and he's going to be you know this um you know and like honestly and, and then put also like what Tom Ford and stuff yeah it's not bullshit and I was like I really thought they would have I thought that was, that was the career trajectory for a while now like oh you're going to get Madonna now. yeah she's going to exactly. turn to Madonna essentially I was like mm, yeah I'm glad he come back to earth in this way mm-hmm. with this um you know, it is it, um, what do you call it, boy? Uh, was, was, was he um, famous black artist he was referencing? Um, oh gosh. That, that, um, gosh, I forget any of that. Basquiat. Ba- Basquiat. Basquiat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it would be like, oh, you're going to try to be a Basquiat type. I was like, no, Basquiat was Basquiat. Sorry. Yeah, that's exactly. a different fellow. Right. Like, I really thought it was going to be that. You're going to try to tap into that. And that is something that you could. You could have a phase for can you kind of went through that phase too? Yeah, I remember he was yeah. always like when he was in, high in, in art. France and studying right. art. Yeah, before he did his uh, might be for that was yeah. was a fancy yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, that look it's a cool phase, interesting, but that shit that shit can last, and it don't work for hip hop in many ways. Yeah, Sorry. but Whatever. right to get back to the story of OG. So I like in the second verse where he's talking about you know this artwork is worth this amount of money here. Yeah, but I love that line where he says your ticket is bougie. I'm like it's fine, but I'm trying to sell you. I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for nine nine nine. Right. So at the end of the day, he still have a business. He could yeah. spend the rest of his life studying art and buying art, but at the same time, he has a business. He has title. He still has to sell music, and if the music don't sell, then you know, what's the point? You know. Yeah. So I like that he's he's able to be that um that self aware. Um, the flows are potent in throughout this, but I think the, the one drawback to it is that the way how they deliver this kind of slow kind of medium pace and a bit kind of slow to medium pace I should say so it's almost like in this kind of like I don't want to say lazy but uh, more sparseness of in, in a sense now almost like he's just kind of bored of the riches that he has and you know not just from riches but just the fact that you know nothing really gonna change it's just like well you know what whatever so like in the chorus where he's like Light nigga, dark nigga, four nigga, rich, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga. Right. Still nigga. You know, it's kind of sparse the way how it's delivered now. And, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, well, it's kind of sloppy a bit or kind of lackadaisical in a way, but I kind of get where he's coming from. I, yeah. I get that it's intentional. It's just like, well, you know what? That's how it is. Yeah, Not really yeah. going to change. So, yeah. whatever. Fuck it. You know, it comes off like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I really dug this track. I just find, find that it was just a little bit sparse in terms of the lyrical delivery. Yeah. Um... Then we get to track three, Smile, which is one of my favorite tracks. Features his mother himself, Gloria yeah. Carter. Mm-hmm. This is actually the longest track in the album. It runs for like four minutes and 50 seconds. Right. Um, this is a very heartfelt, uplifting yeah. song. We're just talking about like, you know, we all go through bad things in life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it really can help shape us. It yeah. can really help us to shape a better life for us, you know, in the future. Yeah. Um, I love the, the female vocals mm-hmm. um, throughout the song. I love Gloria Carter's uh, spoken word piece that she does in the end. Mm-hmm. And also in the track, something that I never knew, knew I don't think a yes. lot of people knew, yeah. his mom was a lesbian. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. Now, that, the part of that, that reveal itself was interesting on, on its own. That is big news, and but the big part about it is that, because 50 Cent also, same thing from what I understand. Oh, yeah, um, in uh, Heat of the Love, where yeah. you said he was uh, confused seeing his mom kissing a girl. Right. Um, yeah. But the, in the case of... Uh, well, I haven't seen any proof for that, so I just kind of always let that... Right. Line okay. Slide. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, that's right. Uh, in the case of this, though, uh, it's not just that, but the fact that the, the emotions about just being in the closet for that long, and in the, especially in the black community, 
um, Hodaka just completely destroy a person. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's part of like, it. He says, uh, "Mama had four kids, but she's a lesbian. Yeah. Had to pretend so long that she's a thespian. Had to hide in the closet so she medicate. Society yeah. shame and the pain was too much to take." Yeah, you know? that is the powerful part. I mean, that is the, the part I was interested. In. I was like, "Oh wow." I yeah. didn't expect that at all. And I love, I love though, on the subject of that, where in the end, Gloria talks about, you know, living in the shadow. Can yeah. you imagine what kind of life it is to live, you know? In the shadows, people see you as happy and free because that's what you want them to see, you know? Yeah. That's that, that complexity behind that, now, you know, being in the shadows, being in the dark, mm. you know, that kind of thing, because you're free that of, of um, harming your loved ones, you yeah. know? But, you know, in the end of the day, you have to embrace life. You have to... You know, accept it. You have to go and live your life. You, you know, some things might turn out bad, but it's either that or you just stay in the shadows and just in fear, you know, basically. So yeah. I just love that kind of inspirational aspect of the um, of this song. Um, I love the instrumental for this one. It's, it's really bright, very, very um, inspirational stuff. Um, I love the Stevie Wonder sample that they use in the chorus. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Um, and yeah, the bars, you know, Jeezy, uh, you know, spits out really great bars. He sounds a little bit more energetic here than he did in the story of Uji, yeah. which I guess is the point anyway, but, you know, right. I really, really dug this track. Um, the next track is uh, Caught Their Eyes, featuring your boy Frank Ocean. Right. This is their second, their third collaboration, sorry, the first okay. one being No Church in the Wild, which right. okay, one of my right, favorite right. tracks off of What You Trun. Yeah. I love that beat, by the way, it's so dark and haunting. Mm -hmm. Of course, your favorite track off of uh, Magna oh, Carta, oh, yeah. uh, Waves, I believe it was, yeah. yeah. I always picture like there would be a video for like, I always imagine like this, them being on this yacht. Awesome. It has this kind of feel like, you know, just being yeah. in the ocean, it has this kind of feel to it, no, that kind of majestic feel. Yeah. But like, they just never did a track for, uh, a video for it. Yeah. did for Picasso maybe because you know fuck you <laughs> yeah. but anyway so um I love the funky it has this kind of funky um bouncy beat it it's very kind of black exploitation-ish right but you know at the same time Jay-Z's being serious here because he's talking about being aware of your surroundings being aware of those around you especially when you're rich so like in the second track for example he mentioned um Prince and um, his former attorney who like threatened to sue title right. um, a, a couple months back earlier this year so he, he says um, I sat down with Prince eye to eye he told me his wishes before he died now Lundell McMillan he must be colorblind they only see green from them purple eyes you know right. so just that kind of reference there you know with just legal stuff with them wanting to own the music and him saying no you yeah, can't no, yeah. own the no, music the prince, and all yeah, that the kind prince, of shit well, I understand the estate is notorious with, uh, with the music not as bad as others but you know still pretty bad well, yeah, yeah. Um, I really really dug this track and of course Frank Ocean brings a, a great chorus what I like about his his, um, his lyricism here is that he would throw like these kind it's, it's not like straightforward stuff that he would say mm -hmm. you really have to dig in deep to really catch what he's saying it's not too abstract but it's kind of with it's kind of boring on abstract but that's that's something with, with Frank Ocean and, and, and his, mean, yeah. his music I love that I love that he could be that thoughtful in you know something as simple as a chorus look at the chorus yeah. for Waves you know yeah. like you have to really dig in deep and just pick out all the nuggets that he's seeing there and it's yeah. very abstract there you know um, now we get to the title track here track 5 444 right. and I know those 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 rap conspiracy terrorist boy must be like 444 that's yeah. what he's called his album you know, if he had his way, he could have called it 666, you yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. But no, idiots. No, 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 no. This It's not about that. What really, the, the inspiration behind it is that literally while um, G was recording the album, he got up at 4.44 in the morning right. and wrote this particular track. 
and this one is another one that a lot of people are going to be citing throughout well you know making references to when it comes to this album here because yeah this is the most personal track on this album here right here's where he kind of confesses to to beyonce you know i apologize i apologize for how bad i treat you i apologize for, for cheating on you right. this whole idea of cheating on you and just the shit that we went through you know like I have never heard Jay-Z this personal on any track before. I mean, there were moments where he talked about his dad and his mom and all that kind of stuff, but I never heard him really go this in-depth about, you know, something that deep, that personal. Um, and, you know, I love how the instrumental complements that, you know, because you hear these 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 um, loud female vocals, right? And it's almost like it's kind of expressing how he's feeling internally. Like, he right. just wants to, like, shout and cry now. But because he's a man, he has to kind of hold back those tears now. Mm-hmm. But you know, even when you're listening to him rap here, and what I like here is that it sounds more streamer conscious wise. You know, it's kind of like just the, the, the sparseness that I was kind of criticizing with um, the story of OG. I felt it works here personally because it's kind of like, you know, he's just remembering things and it just kind of comes off like he's just, like just the things that just on his mind at the moment just keep coming out now. Yeah. That's hence stream of consciousness. And I thought that it works perfectly here. Um, and what else? Yeah. So here, you know, as as um as I was saying before, you know, it's, you could you could literally hear him breaking down, like not to tears, but just like yeah, shit, boy. You know, I just can't believe this. I can't believe I did this. You know, and you know, of course, yeah, he's he, he is talking about you know the, the 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 whole infidelity stuff that um that like I said, Beyonce based part of her album Lemonade on. You know. Right. And I remember, like, when the album came out and that speculation came out, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? Yeah. She? And you thought it was Beyonce? Like... Nah, man. Nah. Yeah. And then when I really listened to the album and then hearing this track, I was like, well, this actually really did happen, you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, he also mentions um, his, his daughter, Blue Ivy, and, you know, like, how this is going to affect her. Yeah. And just the whole reality. How are we going to tell her about this and all that kind of stuff? It, it, was, it was really a heartbreaking um, moment on the album. But uh, you know, this this is one that is really gonna stick with you long after you finish this. And this 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 was a powerful, powerful, powerful track for me. Um, now we get to track six, which is called "Family Feud." Right, I like the track. And the subject of Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, she she shows up here. She provides some nice little gospel vocals in the background here. Yeah. Um, I wish she could have done a little bit more vocal wise, but you know, she just did the back just doing vocals, and that's okay. Um, once again. Um, no idea does some distortion and some chopping up of the vocals here or there. And here, um, this is where we'll get to the whole Joe Button thing now. <laughs> Here's where Jay's just talking about the whole separation, the whole hip-hop culture, and, you know, in the community. Mm-hmm. So old rappers, this is new rappers, yeah. and vice versa. And beefs just starting out of nowhere, like, you know, with Remy Ma and Nicki yeah. Ma, um, Minaj, over, over some bullshit, you know. And he's just talking about that in a way. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I really dug this track. I really dug the social commentary in it. Yeah. I really dug the gospel-infused instrumental in the background as well, and in, including um, including um, Beyonce's contribution here. So yeah, overall, this was a this was, this was a fairly yeah. decent. I like the track. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now we get to my favorite track, Bam featuring yeah. Demon Mali. Yeah, this yeah, is like the this more yeah. this if, like this to me like if if it could pick like a true single like a radio radio friendly single here this would be it yeah so here um similar to like what um nas did with um distant relatives yeah which was one of my favorite albums of 2010 yeah yeah so for the first time ever jay-z collaborates with damian jr gong mali yeah. and the the result is excellent i really 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 love this track here 
And yes, as the, as the title suggests, this track references the timeless sound clash woody uh, Sister Nancy song, Wata Bam Bam. Yeah. Still one of the best dancehall songs ever recorded. But what I like here is that, you know, when you're thinking about um, that song, you know, um, it reminds me of like what Kanye did last year with um, Famous. You know, I made this bitch famous, that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. So in the end where he does that, what a bam, 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 meet him there in the end where Swiss Beats was like, um, do some ad-libs? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. awkward. But here what I really love though is that he takes particular um, vocals, vocal snippets from, from that, from that um, song itself and splices them through the, album, right. through the, the track itself. But, you know, it's not... You know, it's it's easy to just take the chorus because it's the chorus, right? But he he just takes other parts from it and does so much more with it. And I thought that was like a nice creative choice there. Um, I loved how um, Damien sounded on this though. You know, it was just that kind of braggadocious stuff that you would expect from him, that kind of thing, you know. And Jay, like I say, he this is the moment where he kind of brings up that ego a little bit because yeah. he's having fun. So I can let that slide. And both of them just sound excellent over this track. Um, and the subject that I know some people might get turned off by it a little bit because you know rappers nowadays especially like Drake trying to bring in this whole dancehall flavor thing yeah. now to all their songs now you know what I mean like Comptroller mm -hmm. and of course that one track I forgot the name of it um, off of Weaves where he had Beanie Man on it yeah. and Beanie Man is in the fucking outro yeah. it's like yeah this is Beanie Man with my boy Drake and like I remember Mr. Vegas being pissed off by it and he was like calling out Drake and like or you could have a dancehall track and you have a man like Beanie Man in your corner and you just have him in the outro talk. Like, dude, come on, man. Don't do that. Yeah. But here, what I like is that, you know, you have this dancehall reggae artist here and he is in this track, you know, in the chorus and in the third track, really. But he, you know, his presence is felt there. It's not like any background or anything like that, you know. But overall, Bam is one of my favorite tracks. I love the beat in this. You know, it just had my head just bouncing. I really, really dug this track. Um... And now for track number eight. And like when I saw the title for it, and then when I got the concept of it, I was like, I love this concept right off the bat. Moonlight. Yes. And as the title suggests, yes, this this is this makes an incredibly clever reference to Moonlight and not just Moonlight, but the whole controversy thing with La La Land winning. Yeah. So like in the chorus he says, We stuck in La La Land, even when we win, we gonna lose. Yeah. You don't get any better than that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what I like here is that he's using both movies to, to just talk about the rap game right now. Yeah. So you have the fantasy rappers. Yeah, I think Barry Jenkins did a retweet of this in a. Yeah, yeah. A A24 actually A24, actually yeah. actually um tweeted the cover well a uh, screenshot of um, Genius's page for this particular track here. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. A24, boy. This is the year for real, boy. But what I like about this, if you're digging deep, it's like the fantasy versus reality aspect. Right. So you have the fantasy or the fake rappers versus the real rappers. So fake is La La Land. So it's all about fantasy now. Yeah. So you have the rappers who are talking about they have guns and stuff, but you know, they don't have guns, right? And then you have the real rappers, the moonlight rappers, who are just not afraid to see what's on their mind because it's real, you know? Um, and of course, you know, when you think about it, um, La La Land being this whole musical and just showing off the fantasy of musicals and then you have Moonlight being this dark reality of just being this black gay kid in the States. Yeah. You know, just that 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 compa that that comparison, yeah. you know. Um I like this particular line where he says, um, glorified seat filler, huh? Stop rocking stop walking around like you all made thriller, huh? 
fake Dracos, as in Russian guns, all in the videos. We show, we shoot them in my city, though. Right. So almost like we shoot guns and we shoot those same fake rappers, basically. I like right. that. Um, great track overall. All that final was a little bit short. It just kind of ends just, not yeah. abruptly, but it just kind of wraps up kind of quickly. I felt he could have just added like one more verse to it. Yeah. I would have really made it work, but it just ends. I was like, all right. Uh. All right. So we have two more tracks. We have Masi Me. Um, yes. Basically, this is like this really nice nostalgic look at you know his past you know his hometown of Massey Projects you know the birthplace of Jay-Z yeah. um, and I like where he reflects uh, you know he's just doing reflection basically so he's talking about his role models Big Papa um, Big Daddy Kane he talks about his drug dealing days a bit he talks about the black celebrities at the time he talks about from Tashina Arnold from Martin yeah. to Lisa Bonet and right. Dennis Rodman and Isaiah Thomas you know I particularly like the, I really like the part where he says hold up Uzi Vertical let that thing smoke I was like get it get it little Uzi Vert <laughs> I was like jeez well, I wish I could have come with a line like that yeah. you know, come on you know um, I love the, the piano assisted um, instrumental for this it was really nice really pleasant and the dream, remember him? He does the um, he does the the end. The, he does the outro here. He does this yes. nice little piece at the end, really nice. Um, and I thought this was a really nice track here. And we end things off with legacy. Right. So after we hear Blue Ivy Carter herself say, "I'm Daddy, what's a will?" Mm-hmm. So G just raps about you know he he wants to leave. You know, it's just him like kind of leaving his legacy behind us. So yeah. Rock Nation goes to her, and you know the the twins. I guess, um, you know, and he just talks about, you know, he's leaving all these finances to them, you know, and then he's talking about um, how hard it was for him growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, his mother having to take care of him, seeing that the father um, left. Yeah. And then we, I, we pick up on something that I never really knew that, you know, his daddy, his dad apparently was a preacher and because he was kind of black, um, backsliding at times, you know, that's where he you know, that caused this little rift with him in terms of religion, him accepting religion, you know, especially Christianity, you know. Okay. Like, how could you serve God, but then at the same time, you know, go and cheat on, on your wife and all them kind of things. That, and, he, he, you know, he talks about how that affected him in the long run, where he just didn't really care about religion. But as he got older and wiser and more mature, he... He um he embraced different um aspects of religion. So yes, including Christianity, he 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 read about um, Buddhism and right. and, and um uh, is, uh, Islam and stuff like that. Now, you know, I thought that was a really nice moment here where he's where he's where as he gets older, you know, he's willing to change. You know, and that kind of thing. I really like that. Right. Um, but in the end, um, he basically tells Blue Ivy that yes, life will inevitably be hard, even though you might be financially secure. But at the end of the day, you know, stay strong keep moving forward and you know the, I, I really love the, the jazzy instrumental here it's really smooth it's really gentle really nice mm-hmm. and you hear this little vocal sample from Dolly Hathaway that ends off the track here I thought this was like a really like surprisingly by Jay-Z sounds a really affectionate a really sweet and gentle way to any album I was like jeez but this actually like, really nice though you know yeah. so overall um, I really dug for, uh, 444 um, this is clearly his most personal and most introspective album. Yeah. He doesn't go to epic heights as you know his wife did with Lemonade. Yeah. You know, but then again, I, I I get where he's coming from. It's really stripped back. It's not full of you know the glamour and glitz of like his previous albums. And it's not like about yeah, I could buy artwork now and you could see me in an art gallery like what Magnum Carter was. Which right. was an album, by the way, which had a, had a, its moments, but ultimately, yeah. yeah, this is really careful. Yeah. I just kind of forgot about it. 
you know, like, again, that you talk about I'm a family man now, so I have to change now, and that pretty much was, was what that album was about. But here's like, yes, I am a family man here now, and yeah, this is me. I've, I've changed now. I'm different. So this is who I am. Take it or leave it, you know? So in closing, um, while I wouldn't say it's one of the best, 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 best Jeezy albums out there, yeah. I would say it is one of his best in a good while. I'm saying yes. like in terms of 2000s, well, 2010s actually. Uh, it's my favorite since, probably since the Black Album. I, I would say that too. Well, yeah. um, well, well, I would say my last favorite was like American Gangster. And well, then from there, yeah. there was like What You Throne and yeah. Volume American Gangster Blueprint Tree I mean, and thing. Yeah. I didn't really Gangster care for those. It was alright, but when you had a couple tracks on it. Oh, well, I, I, I like the concept of it. It was, right. it was a concept album. Right. But, you know, Blueprint Tree was just all commercialized. Yeah. And then, uh, well, What You Throne, I like I like yeah. the bouncing, bouncing back and forth with him and, and, and Kanye. But, but there yeah. were a couple of mediocre tra- they were The mediocrity oh. in it kind of brought it down. And then, of course, you had Magna Carta, which was like, Was he one of the beach Was the name of the album? That was Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, yeah. That was the one I didn't really care about. That was the comeback album. The true comeback album. But I do agree with you. It's one of his best albums in years. Do. Yeah. Um, I do see this being in my top 10 list I'm not sure if it'll be a top 5 probably who knows might be top 4 haha <laughs> but we'll see um, I will be giving this one some more listens yeah. and you know it's easy now because you know it's 36 minutes long so I don't you know I can listen to this easy on my way down to work to and from whatever but yeah you know um, and I would say production wise no ID's production is really good right. what I like is that it does not um, it's not overpowering Jeezy's lyrics at all. It's right. just Jeezy in the, for, in the forefront. And, you know, the music is in the back literally supporting, but it's not like trying to drown him out or trying to be over the top or whatever it is. So it's not commercialized music you're going to hear here. It's more um, soulful, it's more jazzy, and I think it works in this retrospective mode that, um, that Jeezy is in here. Um, Single-wise, you know, we have the story of OG, I guess. Yeah. But I guess if I could pick one single out of this, it would be Bam. I think a lot of people should hear this one. I think more people will gravitate to the album if it comes out on radio. But if it yeah. doesn't come out on radio, well, so be it. Yeah. But overall, yeah, I have to give this one a lighter, decent four to five stars, man. This was a solid album. I like how um, how concise it was. It was it stuck to the point. It didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't have a lot of padding and a lot of, um, you know, filler tracks. <clears throat> more life you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. it was it was what it was it stuck to its point and you know I don't know if this is gonna be the end like this is gonna be the last album we're gonna get from Jeezy I doubt it because you have title now so you had to be putting out shit you had to be putting right. out that, that's your work you know what I mean and you know I don't know what we're gonna get going forward if it's gonna be a little bit more up, um, you know uh, a little bit more happier, a little bit less depressed, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna get that that blueprint tree, GZ, or mm-hmm. you know, even even the reasonable doubt, GZ again. Well, I don't. I think that era is, is pretty is much gone. Yeah. yeah, but this new chapter in this life and hearing it here is really is really f- refreshing, really amazing. Sure. So if you're a GZ fan, by all means, check it out. If you're not the biggest fan, I still say give it a look. You will like the, you will appreciate the introspection in some way, shape, or form. If you don't care for Jay Z at all, then skip this one. Stick to your Drakes and your Uzi Verts and you know whatever. That's for you. <laughs> but yeah, lighter decent four. I do see this one being in my top ten list. So by all means, give this one a listen. Right. All right. So while I catch my breath here for a bit, we could jump into Netflix stuff. So. Yeah. Um, Feel free to tell me about Okja, yes, and then Okja. I will jump into Glow, and then we'll finish things yeah, up so with um, I Driver. walk into this movie blind. I went to this blind, I just 
to the, to the town, say hi, let's see what it's about. Because I saw, I saw, what is, uh, you know, Jake Jenner Hall. Like, hey, he in this. Until the Swinton, I was like, what? Like, what? Okay, okay. I, see I, I, was, I was expecting like a full Sokory on Castle. No, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and it, it starts really creepy. This really big corporate, this corporate build, um, this, this basically it's a corporate, um, something like a press conference. Right. Saying a plan, a plan for, to deal with food. Okay. Say, well, hmm, how is to deal with food in the future? How are they going to deal with food in the future? Apparently, they found uh, this, this corporation uh, that the Tullus doesn't run. She basically took over from her grandfather. Right. And she could, well, she was kind of co-running it. She took over from her grandfather and her twin sister. The twin sisters running it and they didn't like the twin sister. So she's the more friendly, nice version of the twin sister. And they basically found something akin to basically what they call it a super pig. <laughs> What's a super pig? It's just an animal, and they say, okay, they're gonna figure out this this brilliant genetic animal. To oh, make. I was about to ask if it was genetically. Well, no, it, it it well it, it's it's unclear. I wasn't really I couldn't follow up on the movie exactly how it came about in person, but basically it's like a mutant pig essentially. All right. And then they took it and they take it, manipulate it to find it and thing, and then they, they spread them across the planet. So about twenty four of them, I think. And they say, okay, the best breeder making this, we're gonna make basically create it for meat. So the idea is that it's the ultimate meat um, animal. Alright, so, so no more chicken, turkey, all that. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's replacing because what happens is that because the idea is to have this animal in such a way where it's supposed to solve all the meat problems. Because right. one of the big things with the meat industry is um, even if you don't give, give a shit about meat, or what has happened to people um, to the, to the I, I give a shit about meat. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't care about, care about the animal, yeah. let's say you don't care about the animal for whatever reason. One of the big arguments against in the meat industry, just as a practice. Is just how uh, wasteful it is, mm-hmm. how expensive it is, it's largely subsidized, and how destructive it is to the environment. Right. right? Most notably to the soil. So you get that sense of, oh, they need to solve food problems mm-hmm. via this thing. Right. And they say, all right, we have to, they have this project, all right, and you're going to put it out to all these animals. They have versions of them all over the planet, so about 24 of them. Uh, it's 24, I think, or 26, and all of it. A little bit to breed them, and the, the project gonna take ten years, right? Roughly ten years. The animal, well, the thing I don't, I don't think it's take ten years for the animal to grow up, but basically it's ten years to breed it to get a sense of which one is the best one, right? It's basically a big long journal study they set up, and boy, oh boy, this movie, goddamn sad. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So basically, this character, main character, Miha, she has been the taker and constant companion to the super pig in South Korea, got sent to South Korea, called Okja. Mm. All right. Um, does does Okja have a like have a meaning? Uh, a I have to look it up because again I just watched this last night. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, more than likely some some probably some Korean joke. It probably have some Korean meaning or hidden reference somewhere. Alright. I probably I don't know. I don't. I was just looking to the story as it is, and basically it's just um, she her family in the mountains. You know, you might remember Totoro, not famous. Yes, my, my neighbor Totoro. Totoro. Right, my friend Totoro, yeah. I think. Probably one of the best um, Hayao Miyazaki yeah. films here. It has a lot of that. It, that feeling to it, where it's just cute animals and they have the big animals and, you know, it's friend with the animal thing. Yeah. Basically, what happens is that, so, this corporation, they basically come, usually come back for the property. Say, so, yeah, look, your version of the animal is the best one. Uh, it's the one that's chosen. And this fellow, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, he's this um, famous, uh, like a zoologist is more or less. Right. His character is the one who comes to, to sort it out and they have to basically carry it back. And basically, it go, they go out, but then 
um, uh, animal rights activist group, something akin to the ELF. Mm-hmm. I think it is the ELF, I think. Right. Um, the Animal Liberation Front, which is like a much more violent and disturbing version of Peter, if that was if that's possible. They that is um your boy from um oh gosh, what's that boy name boy? From Susami Man. Paul Dano. Right, Paul Dano, okay. Yeah. Paul Dano and then your boy from um Walking Dead, wasn't it? Uh Steven Yun. Oh, who get wow? Get, get okay. bat, get bat in the head. So you, yeah. you, you know what you went to do. <laughs> yes, we are batting the head. Um, you get that Netflix money, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but right. um, I call him. Oh gosh, from Walking Dead, so forget him. Get yeah, bat in the head, I forget yeah. him. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the basically they're part of the group, and their their name is K and G, which is hilarious. Wow. Because I was thinking of Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Black. Yeah. yeah. And basically they basically they had a whole trick, but the idea was they want to send the animal. And then put a recording device in the tail to prove this company being so horrible to these animals. Right. And it's basically it's just a big here's the thing. The movie, so it, it goes back and forth and then well it really sad because they had the the because of the violence of the animal, the animal never had that level of violence to it. Because they, they force the animal to breed and all of these mm-hmm. disgusting practices is going to the meat industry. They're basically it's a big anti meat industry thing. Right. But at the same time it doesn't really put its foot down on a message. It clearly shows how bad the meat industry is. But at the same time, it's, it's the necessary evil kind of thing that a lot of people make the case for. Yeah. Because um, they'll say, well, you know, veganism not sustainable or something like that, which is not entirely true. Um, I would argue it's not culturally sustainable at all. Right. Uh, but veganism is totally, util- from a utilitarian standpoint, totally sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not culturally sustainable. You ain't getting people to not eat meat anytime soon, period. Um, of course. Right. But the movie does that. And then they, they get into the idea of the, the animal. Oh, by the way, your boy... Giancarlo Esposito is in this. What? He's in the first, he's in the first, oh, and it's like, oh okay. my God. When I see, when I see, I saw a laugh one time because like, I, evil Dude, motherfuckers. Gus Spring, yeah, come on. Evil motherfuckers in this, in this stick one time. Like, chicken, chicken and chips joined for Breaking Bad, you know? owner, come on. Yeah, he, when he show, when I see he and he in a suit and he looking creepy as hell as usual, eh? yeah. and the way they liked him, I was like, oh, all right, all right, they're evil. Yes, <laughs> they're yes, yes. evil. Um, the, the thing is, it, it doesn't, it, I thought it would have, Okay, but so by the way, the movie is very good. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal character is terrible in this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he do that. Uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's him having to, even though he's a scientist and whatever it is, he's not really that good guy. He, he just basically sell out, you know, give the animal up more or less. Now. I okay. think that they try to free up whoever going on. Um, I thought they would have done, have the foot down more on a, a message, a clear message. But it just tried to, it tried to do this kind of weird balance kind of thing, in my opinion. And it, it felt weird. Um, right. It a, it's like no. You, it's, this is not something you should. Um, you should be on the edge about. Yeah. It's this something you had to have an opinion about. Right. You can be. You could say, look, you have an opinion, and this is what it is. Now, most people's opinion is, well, yeah, animal suffering, but I like meat anyway. Mm-hmm. That is it. Right. That is the answer. Have no getting away from it. Yeah. Um, well, well, here's the thing, though. If I could just stop you for a bit. Um, sure. The director Bong Joon Ho. Bong yes, Joon I'm looking at the Wiki page right now. Yeah. Forgive me, because I mean, I actually like, um, well, his three films actually that I really, really love. Yeah. Uh, Memories of Murder, The Host, and uh, Snowpiercer, which believe it or not, I only saw once, but I loved yeah. it. I just need to yeah, watch Snowpiercer, it again. Yeah, a big fan of Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of those always touch on some kind of social issue, yeah. which was something that surprised me with The Host, because you know when you look at the trailers, like, oh, well, it's just a monster film. And it's about this family being involved with it. But no, it have to do with, you know, with um, environmental waste and yeah. all that kind of stuff now, you know? Right. No, yeah. with, with this now, they, they, I think they get into the idea of 
you know, I, I thought the movie would come. I, as I say, I thought the movie should have come. I'm gonna say, but really, the idea is just as supposed to that you're getting caught up in the middle of these conflicts, right. and who getting caught up. So to the point where they're willing to sacrifice the animal for the sake of just making this company, this corporation look bad, because mm-hmm. they need to record the data. And like, I get it. That is just utilitarian ethics. But at the same time, yes, yeah, utilitarian ethics. That's the problem. You don't right. really, you don't need to sacrifice animals for that for that purpose. You could have do this on your own and. So, but it gets into the, the extremism of the extremism of things now. Yeah. And I, I think that was the whole aspect of it. Uh I didn't hate this movie. Right. In fact, it's really well done. It's really funny. Um But is it like because I'm thinking about the girl and the pig, so does it have like these heartwarming moments, those kind of Yeah, it oh, has those. moments. Yeah. It have those. Uh, because the whole thing is that when you see her on the street it get it get viral now. Because the whole thing is largely because so much time passed, you you forget you know the implications of this thing now. yeah you forget the implications of the whole idea of um, what going on and the new well they had the time pass i didn't stay for the post-credit scene i didn't have i didn't have time for it. but from what i understand the they come back the people get the the yeah, left well the whole thing it play out where the whole atlf people get arrested right right because okay. of the, the extremist actions and the behavior and they wanted to embarrass them in the, the company yeah. that's the hilt of the movie mm-hmm. um and then basically um, they reach a point where the ELF kind of sell out at the end. Okay. That was the post-credit scenes. I, that is, I didn't know that. All right. Um, I just saw the end of the movie where they, they, they leave with the, 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 well, the animal for breeding, yeah. for breeding purposes, they had a piglet at the end. Oh, that okay, it. that's cute. Uh, it was, well, yeah, the piglet relatively innocent, even though Okja goes through all this trauma throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, do I really love this movie? Not love it. Like it. Really yeah. well done. I will give it if it's a rating. Well, it's on Netflix, so go see it there. But if it's to give the rating, if you to see it in theaters, I thought it should have come out in theaters. Um, yeah, I was only I like I thought it was gonna come out in theaters seeing the director on board. Now, right. Yeah. I yeah. but then again, I didn't see Snowpiercer in theaters either. Um, I saw that a year after it came out. Uh, me too, actually. Yeah, yeah, I thought it would have been screenings or something like it. it could, most likely, it'll probably come out this year in um, Trinidad Film Festival. I would not be surprised if it shows up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably might show it for kids because yeah, I'm a yeah, pig. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> don't no. nah, you don't want to try. I, I know, I know, I know. Gross moments in this, yeah. I can imagine. And yeah. they do well. The CG is not bad, but it's still, it's still kind of crappy. But it's gross enough for you to be grossed out by what went, what mm-hmm. goes on, especially when you see the cute pig animal get all these shitty things happen to it. Um, I'll say yeah, I'll give this a high movie tongue if anything. Okay. I'll give it a, a movie tongue. Right. Movie tongue, not a movie fine tongue. Movie tongue, a solid movie tongue. It's right. well done. Jake Gyllenhaal is good in this as usual. Um, Jill Sutton is okay in this. Right. Oh, but she, she wasn't so pierced again, right? Yes, she was. Yeah, so she shows up again in another one of his, this guy's movies. Uh, yeah, it's a short review. I do I the thing with this. It's really to scare. I think it, it it they want to implicitly come down on the side of veganism by just scaring children and say, hey, they show us a churn. Yeah, meat, meat, is va- meat is bad, veggies yeah, are good. Yeah, yeah, they'll never, like, oh, if you want to get your idea, just actually see an animal kill and you'll make that choice whether mm-hmm. or not, is it'll choose what, one way or the other. But if you want to detach from the process, then you can't really make a choice. That's kind of the general moral argument. And that's the moral argument I have. Right. My thing is that if you're familiar with what's going on and you still make the choice to eat meat, I c- kind of understand that. Yeah. But you see these people who don't want to know how the sausage is made. I hate those. I hate those people. Oh. That is my thing. Oh, yeah, my, but my thing attitude is to expose you to the meat thing as much as they can. And if you still make the choice, then fine. Yeah, it, it reminds me like like alcohol or, or, or cigarettes now. You know, yeah. you don't want to know what it could do to your body, yeah, but, but you just like the taste. You're having right. fun. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, but I still you still your choice. But the, the you know the idea of animal thing, and if you care about the animal, 
spend time with a human life. Yeah. Spend time. Sorry, what say a human life? Sorry, human life. Not. I would never put down that same moral weight, but at the same time, you know, it's 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 it deserves moral weight. Yeah. That is my opinion. Chickens a little lower, but pigs pigs are pigs real damn close to Australia. Holy shit. Yeah. Pigs, yeah, <laughs> pigs really close to us in any ways. In fact, pigs so close to us that they could use them in operations and surgeries and medicine. That's how close they are to us. Yeah. Chickens don't have that. Chickens are even close. Whatever. The thing with it, with it though is that, uh, you know, my attitude is like, spend time with a pig for like three months, raise it, then see if you can kill it and have it for yeah. dinner. See if you could do that. That's yeah. my quest. Some people still yeah to do it. Most people, I, I, I show it a lot of people who still yeah enough to do it. But the thing is, most people aren't. A lot of people aren't, in my opinion. Right. So, whatever. That's it. Okay. Go to center that. However, uh, it has a weird edit, though. That's the only issue with this. It's just strange. I give him a rating already. Right. Weird very, edit, right? Yeah, it, it, I'll say it doesn't have a very good, but that's probably to do with the material. It doesn't have a very good overall tonal edit, mm-hmm. overall. That is my last little critique, and I, th- I think that's what bumped it down from high movie tongue to movie tongue. Okay. Yeah, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, how long did this review was? Short? Uh, well, short enough. Short yeah. enough, yeah. Right. Go see it, kids. <laughs> yes, uh, kids. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. bring your parents, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go see it, kids. They want to maybe become a vegan. Or at least uh, have yes. the option. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll we'll stick within Netflix for a little bit longer. So I will talk about season one of a show that I was excited for, actually, right. called Glow. Um, Glow, <laughs> essentially... Um, right. So Glow means gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Okay. So what this show does, um, and yes, this is Netflix once again going back to the 80s. So yes, this is another 80s throwback TV show pretty much. Right. So um, I'll just jump into the story one time. Well, before I jump into the story. So it's this 10-episode um, series. Um, each episode is like about uh, 35, 37 minutes tops really. Okay. Uh, it's essentially a comedy drama. It, uh, it stars McGill, Alison Brie. Who I haven't seen since um, Yahoo did that sixth season, I think it was, of um, Community. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything, but you know, I was, I was surprised to see her in this um, show here. Um, so essentially, this story is set in LA. It's in um, it's nine eighty five, and Alison Brie, Alison Brie, sorry, plays Ruth Wilder. Ruth Wilder, whatever you want to call yeah. it, Wilder, Wilder Jean, Wilder. Jean Wilder. Yeah, yeah, right. So you just say Ruth Wilder, Wilder. okay. Yeah. Um, She's a struggling actress here, you know, she's trying to find that next gig and, you know, because she has bills to pay and, you know, basically the place that she's staying at is shit, so she just needs money. She just needs money desperately, right? And she gets this invitation to go down to what she assumes is an audition for, like, a TV show. And then, lo and behold, she realizes it's actually... For um, it's actually a TV show, yes, but it's for <laughs> it is essentially a wrestling TV show, right? Um, called Glow, which is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, so basically, the guy who's running the show, his name is Sam Sylvia, he's played by Mark Maron. He's one of okay. my favorite characters yeah. in this show. Well, he was, he was just fucking okay. hilarious in this, right? Okay, yeah, no, he's a great, great yeah. comedian, he has a, probably one of the best podcasts out there. Yeah, he is like this washed up alcoholic. Yeah. Just don't give a shit type of type of producer guy, and you know he would confess and say, "Yeah, I slept with this person. I, I slept with this yeah, chick. Yeah, however, yeah, I pretty much sleep with you. You know, I me mean? the kind of thing he would he would always bitch about how his wife left him and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of thing. But basically, so yeah, so she goes into this audition and she's seen all these other ladies from you know different ethnic, um, ethnicities. Um, there's this one chick who is like part Cherokee. She's really buff, really biggish. Yeah. Well, really you know big now. Um, this is black girl who 
had a fling with 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 um, with Sylvia. Oh, sorry, with Sam back in like the late seventies, and they were doing drugs and thing anytime. Um, there's even this Indian girl in it as well. I could have swear I saw her in an episode of um, of Mass of None. Uh, I, I, I may be wrong, but I swear I saw her there. And you know, basically, it's like there's ring there. It's like, well, yeah, this is wrestling, so you have to learn all the moves and all that kind of stuff. And the the, the black girl, um, her name is uh, um, Cherry Bang. Well, her her wrestling uh, moniker is um, Junk Chain. She's played by Sidel Noel. So she has to, well, because she's done stunt work before, she has to train a woman in how to fight and stuff. Right. And throughout the episodes, we see all the women learn, and, you know, it more focuses on Ruth as well. But here's where the conflict takes place. So her best friend is this former soap opera actress. Her name is Debbie Egan. Uh, she's played by Betty Gilpin, um, great actress here. And it's established in season one, slight spoiler here, where, um, yeah, she was cheating with Debbie's husband. Okay. You know? And Debbie, ha- well, she, she, she's a mother now. She has this baby, well, baby daughter as well. And, um, you know, she's trying to deal with the fact that she has to take care of this baby while looking for a job, you know, because she used to be on this um, primetime um, uh, soap opera. Well, not primetime, but she's been in the soap opera series. Kind of like a nuts landing parody, if you will. Right. Like I want to be nuts landing there, all right? And she got kicked out because of the pregnancy, you know, she kind of left the, the, the show. So, she, yes, she's also looking for a, a next gig now. And lo and behold, she finds out that, yeah, Ruth is cheating with, with my man. Yeah. So she comes into the audition, well, you know, not the audition, actually. She comes onto the set, if you will, where she's learning moves and she's like, real customer, like, fuck you doing blah, 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 blah. And comes into the, um, onto the ring itself and, yeah, like, beats the shit out of Ruth now. And... Sam is watching this thing going on. It's like, well, yeah, this is my star here. So they bring in Debbie now. And the, the gimmick that she has is that she's the all-American girl. So she's Liberty Bell now. So she is literally like a play on, um, on of course, the Hulk Hogan character. The all-American, be what you be. Yeah. Eat, your, eat your vegetables, say your prayers, you know, don't do drugs. That kind of thing now. And I'll stop here this moment. So... Right off the bat here, what I love about this show is that it really pokes fun at all these stereotypical aspects of like early wrestling, like early WWE stuff. Right. So like if you think about um, like Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik and those kind of characters, they make references to them. You know, like case in point, the Indian girl, they, they tell her, well, you know, what about the Iron Sheik? You know, you could be this evil Palestinian, ch- um, this sorry, this evil Lebanese um, terrorist chick you know, and if you think back like in the 80s, those action films, yeah. they were always centered on these Middle Eastern terrorists, right? Yeah. And all of them, you know, missing miss action, uh, the Delta Force. All those Golan Globus canon films were always about um, Middle Eastern terrorists and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists are bad and all that kind of stuff now. So she had to play the stereotype now. She doesn't want to do it, but, you know, that's a gimmick now. Now, Sam, his background is that he used to do these very schlocky, um, B-movie, you know, films now. So it was like Disco of Death and those kind of things. Yeah. And, um, those kind of things. Are, um, and his gimmick, his, his, his idea for the film, for the, for the series, was that it had this narrative, this kind of post-apocalyptic narrative. If you're familiar with like these real B to Z movie films in the 80s that was just ripping off movies like say Beastmaster and Conan the Barbarian and yeah. Escape from New York, they always had either this kind of barbarian aspect or some kind of sci-fi post-apocalyptic thing there. So he wanted to play both both cards, you know, basically. And, you know, you have these characters here 
who just like remnants of this future and they, they have to fight as gladiators and just an excuse to show hot chicks in the ring fight right. yeah. so he had this narrative thing lead out flatly he had a whole script written on everything so he meets up with this producer guy I forgot his name um, this real rich um, guy and you know he, he has this trust fund with his mom so basically he just blew in money left right and center because he could afford it right but he's like you know people don't tune into wrestling to, for stories though I mean the viewers need to know why this character fighted that character you need a little backstory here or there that's cool and everything but you don't need this full long script about this future and all that kind of stuff men just want to see hot chicks fight and that's that's the point so he's like alright cool I'll just play along with it let me let me try this thing out let me do a, a pilot episode let me see how this thing works out and from there i really love how they play on these stereotypes so case in point junk chain right because she's black you have to play this this thing that she's this tough badass black girl and there's this other girl um this other woman clearly she's a housewife she's real big and stuff she's playing off the fact that she's like living off her welfare welfare checks and all that kind of stuff now. so that's her gimmick and everybody has a gimmickness so um allison she has a long while trying to find her right persona because she wants to be you know um she wants to be known as an actress right she wants to be an actress first and foremost right she doesn't want to dumb herself down and right. be like this wannabe character now. so she eventually settles down on being zoya the destroyer which is this russian chick who hates America and you know she will fight everything about America and all that kind of stuff and that reminds me currently with the WWE with the women's division and all that kind of stuff you have this chick by the name of Lana um, very 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 attractive looking girl right. but she's not Russian but her gimmick is that she's Russian and she hates Russia sorry she hates America and all that kind of stuff which is funny because her boyfriend turned husband in real life his name is Rusev his gimmick is that he was a Russian, but then when, like after the wedding, it was revealed that he, he's actually Ukrainian, so he had to change the gimmick up where he's like Ukrainian now, you know, but they still hate America, you know, it's all that kind of stuff now. And once again, like I say, it's playing off of that, you know, the whole WWE stuff where, you know, you always have to have these stereotypical characters and, you know, it's sexist and well like that now. Um, and because they have different ethnicities, you know, it's even worse now. So case in point, um, the the part Cherokee girl, she actually has a wrestling background. She's the one. She's the sole character who has a history because um, her father and her two brothers actually were wrestlers, right? Yeah. So she though, because she has this kind of Spanish look to her, she has to play. You know, her character is, is basically Machu Picchu. So she is the big tough. Right. Uh, fat looking um, Spanish chick that's, that's, a, that's a character that's a gimmick right. and everybody else has a character as well um, because we in the 80s we have to have the Valley Girl so she's Melrose you know um, you have this this um, you have this Australian girl but you have to play her off as being very smart so she, her name her gimmick is Britannica she is the, the hot kind of um, bookwormy kind of chick with the, with the glasses and stuff and she always has this book in her hand and she's like the smartest girl in the world and all that kind of stuff now. I just see these things just brought a smile to my face. I was just watching, it's like, yes, this is what wrestling right. used to be. And this is what wrestling essentially is when you think about it, you know. Um, even right now, like, to WWE these days, like, I, I always remember these two guys. Um, this was around the time when homosexuality was starting to be big in media, right? right. So they had these two wrestlers who were... Kind of, I wouldn't call them metrosexual, but they were playing off like they were gay, but they weren't gay. This so, is male wrestlers? Yeah. 
two male wrestlers. Right. So the, the gimmick is that they were gay, but they weren't gay. You know, they, they were friends. They were bros, whatever, but they weren't really gay. And then one of them kind of called them out like, you know, you guys, uh, why are you guys being so gay? It's like, you know, we're not gay, right? You know, that was the hook now, you know? Um, as for acting, though, I thought the acting was, was solid throughout. Alison Brie really surprised me. This is like the first time I ever hear her throw F-bombs. So I'm like, what? Okay, like she's just being... You know, she's she's not the the peppy character that we know from from community. She's way more different. She's more real. She's more relatable. Her come up though is so so uh, relatable as well too because you do feel for her being in this shitty situation where you know she's wondering where she's where where her next meal or where's ne- where her next paycheck is coming from. That that's that's a story that anybody can relate to, you know. And the other characters are, are well developed as well. They, they, some of them kind of come off a little bit weird, right. but when you get to know them, you know, you, you you do get to understand where they're coming from. Like this one character, um, her gimmick, or at least she's like the emo character in it. And her thing is that she thinks she's a wolf, like you know, sp- her spirit animal is a wolf now. Right. So, um, you know, she eats raw meat and all that kind of stuff. But when you get to learn about her, you know, it's like. You know, yeah, you know, you're kind of weird and stuff, but I kind of like you. I, I could, I could, I could, I could, you know, hang out with you or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, Mark Maron, to me, steals the show because he is just so narcissistic, but at the same time, you're just laughing at how narcissistic he is, you know. You know, he, he, he you know, um, he's that type of person that you, though he would just talk about just the shit that he done in the past, now, and you think that, you think because he did so much shit, he can't change. But he does try, and I would just use that term loosely, he really does try throughout the series to really better himself. But at the same time, he fucks up, he does a lot of shit here or there. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to hate him now, but because of how he's played, I just couldn't help but laugh at him. Um, once again, like I say, you know, with Netflix, this is like another show that, you know, this is another 80s throwback. So once again, like right down to the intro to the show and right down to the musical choices, which by the way are fan freaking fantastic. I love the musical choices here. Um, just think of like the best ET songs you could think of, and they're there. Um, this is oh yes, right. So I was saying this once again visually um, from the, from a visual aesthetic really is a throwback to like those 80s TV shows as well. Right down to the to the title card and everything is so retro. I really love that. Um, but back to that soundtrack though uh, this is like the second show I've seen the first one being Donnie Darko where they use Tears for Fears Head Over Heels which is one of my favorite songs from that group right. this is like another song where, which proves to me that yes this is like the perfect song to use when you're doing like a slow-mo 80s inspired shot like where you're introducing a character and you have that song playing in the background it works perfectly and they do that with a particular character i'm not going to say who that character is but when you see that character and that song plays like yes this is why i love that song so much um what else uh pacing i thought was pretty good there are a few scenes and stuff where i felt the pacing was a little bit off in terms of just building characters and just building the story i felt it was a little slow at points in time um, it was generally funny, but like near the end is where you get your your dark moments, your gut punches, and uh, as well. But I like in the end where it kind of picks back up and, and it reminds you of what the story is about. You know, it's about women doing this wrestling thing and just embracing their stereotypes, embracing their gimmicks, and just having fun. You know what I mean? And it ends on this kind of fun, you know, this kind of lighthearted. You know, the overall the, the overall series itself is lighthearted. There are a few dark moments, like just dark humor here or there, but it's. So essentially, this is light fun series that you'll have a blast with. Um, 
one thing though, I felt that the ending itself, there's this post, this kind of end credit scene. Right. I felt it didn't quite work because it's kind of like just, okay, well, this is like the morning after. Let's see what happened after they did this one recording. Right. And I personally thought that it was going to lead up to something, but it just kind of just ends. I was like, well, what was the point of that? Like, I know you needed a way to kind of kind of close things off, but I felt they could have done it um, a little bit better. It was, it was just like... I won't say it was uninspired, but it was just like, uh, expected a better ending though. Right. Um, once again, like I say, Alison Brie was great in this, Mark, uh, uh, Mark Maron, the other characters as well, I thought were great, the musical choices were fantastic. Um, something else I was going to mention, um, oh yes, the song choices that they used for this though. This is one show that reminds me again, just, like if you think about music now, like pop music at the time, right, and how they were using in movies, right? Like case in point, they make references to Rocky Tree and um, Karate Kid. But you know those those movies that kind of inspire you to go out and hit the gym and you yeah. know that kind of thing. They play off of that as well. Um, one song that caught me completely off guard, right? I forgot the name of the group. Um, the name of the song, I believe, is Dare, right? And it's this song that the first time I heard it, it was from freaking Transformers the movie. Okay. They played that like about two, three times in that movie, right? And it's like the most retro 80s pop rock song you'll ever hear in your life, right? And, you know, like, when I was here, that, it reminded me of, like, how those songs work, you know, in movies and, you know, just in general with how people were growing up and things. Right. You know, it's like those inspirational songs, like, you know, you gotta work harder, you gotta fight, you gotta fight to survive, and those kind of songs, you know, you know what I mean? And you get a lot of those songs here in this, um, in this um, series here. Uh, uh, oh, yes, and one thing, uh, well, last thing I'll say before I get to written, though. I was surprised that Alison Brie was was willing to to get physical in this story. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah she, she was she was throwing down. Yeah, she's a small girl. Yeah. She's a small girl, though, you know what I mean? Like she's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say she's puny, but she's small. But I see her doing like legit wrestling moves now, like, um, you know, the typical stuff that you would see in any wrestling um, show. That 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 you you know any wrestling show the, the typical moves now. And I was so surprised that she was doing all these things now. I was like, what? Okay. Alison Brie was willing to get down and dirty here and, and, you know, just be physical. And I thought that, like, I imagine it being um, challenging to her because of her size and, you know, just the acting choices that we've done, that she's done, sorry. But here, yeah, boy, I, I, I have to give um, credit where credit is due, boy. She went out of her way to really deliver that performance, too, and I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, while I wouldn't say it's one of the best, I wouldn't say it's the best, 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 best show you'll see. Yeah. It is certainly one of the, the most, you, we will certainly will have fun with this one. Um, it's hard press for anybody to go into this thing and, and be depressed by it. I mean, even though they do touch on, you know, racism and sexism and stuff like that. Right. But it's still fun. It's still, the way how they, they, they make fun of like, you know, it, it plays so much in the 80s, of course, but it kind of makes fun of how the 80s was in terms of television, in terms of, you know, acting gigs, and of course, with wrestling, you know. Cause you can look back at old WWE matches, you know, like yeah. Andre Giant and stuff. Teddy Bias. Yeah, and just be like, well, this is real cheesy and dumb, now, but that was what it was, yeah, you know. Pre-Undertaker stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Teddy and, Bias. You know, the, the fact that you're still seeing this thing oh, today, you know, it's, 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 it's not sad, actually. It's kind of amazing. Kind of yeah. silly as well. Yeah. And it really pokes fun at the silliness of wrestling. But what really makes wrestling so much fun and why people love it so much, you know? Yeah. Um, so overall, I would give this a light four to five stars. I honestly 
wanted to like this a little bit more because um, I felt that the pacing was off in some parts. It was funny at some points, it was dramatic, not too dramatic. And you know, I felt that balance-wise, it was a little off balance at times, but overall, I still had fun with this one. I recommend that, you know, if you're looking for some fun to check out, then yeah, you will have a blast with Glow. Yeah. All right, so we are finally gonna close things off with a show that both of us will, will hype for, yeah. you're excited for, just off the director's name alone, and yeah. just off the trailers, Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. So before, well, I'll, I'll let you just f uh, fill us in on plot, but Edgar Wright, though, yeah. has it been a movie that, 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 he, that he put out that, that kind of generally sucked? I don't think so. Um, All of his movies kind of generally okay, were, so were really great. How did the trilogy, I'll say, I like Wolves and the Least. I would say that too. I, yeah. I was a little bit but let down by it. I felt it could have done more I with the premise. I absolutely. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Sean Lee Dead, but I like Sean Lee Dead, and I absolutely love Hot Fuzz. Yeah, Hot Fuzz. What it did in yeah. deconstructing action films, yes. excellent. So that that's well easily done. my favorite. Yeah. Um. Although, all right, I, I'll wrestle between Sean Lee Dead and Hot Fuzz, but I have to admit, Hot Fuzz, what it did was 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 yes. fantastic. Yeah. Sean Lee Dead. Just the concept of what it was willing to do yeah. with taking that romantic um, comedy genre yeah. that was kind of getting stale and the zombie genre that yeah. was yeah, now starting to get legs with, of course, with 20 well, no, days later. It, well, it, it, and it just me, mixed it. To and me, the, the zombie, genre, zombie genre is literally a zombie genre. Yeah, yeah. It, it could get stale, but at the same time, it's like, no, it's keep going on indefinitely. Yeah, um, but, but, but I would say that it picked back up with 20 days later and, um, and Don't Be Dead right. remake. But what it did here with Shawnee Dead was pretty interesting, bringing about the comedy element of it. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing about Edgar Wright, um, his favorite movie, yes, believe it or not, is Amer is an American werewolf in London okay. from John Landis, which was a mixture of horror and comedy. And that kind of thing, you know, followed through with that and Hot Fuzz, where yes, you would have comedy, but then he would punctuate it with these moments of like shocking, bloody violence, yeah. you know? And he also did it with, um, with the Wolves and as well, I forgot yeah. that. Um, but you know, it's when he did. Um, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, yeah, which I would regard best. as a true cult classic, in yeah. my opinion. One of the best cult movies ever, in my opinion. And how to do a video game movie. How to do a video game movie. How to do a comic book movie as yeah. well and stay true to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wish that we could have seen, like, if we just dreamt it, like Edgar Wright's Ant Man, like, just imagine how that yeah. would have turned out, yeah. you know? But, you know, for what it's worth, yeah, I mean, Edgar Wright has done some, some, some great movies, you know? Like, it's, it's hard pressed to really think of. Anything that he's that that he's done that I could say, yeah, it, it kind of suck. I didn't really care for it, whatever, uh, you know. But everything I, to me that he's done has been excellent. Yeah. And I would just say this one time before we get to your 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 plus synopsis of it. Yes, I could add Baby Driver to this. This okay. is yet yeah. another solid effort from Edgar Wright. This shows once again why he is one of the best, not just British directors, but just directors in general yeah. in the game right now. And just what he does into just picking one of uh, just picking a favorite um, genre of his and just making it so fresh and inventive and new, you know, he is literally he is doing like what Quentin Tarantino did, and I'll talk about Quentin Tarantino in in, in a bit, you know, with reference to this film here. But yeah, you want to jump in into what the plot is? Oh uh, yes, yeah. so Baby Driver, which is almost Edgar Wright's take on Drive. Yes, uh, a little bit, <laughs> no, little right? bit yeah, yeah, easy, very difficult to not compare them. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, uh, oh yeah, so the plot, yeah, is, plot, the, the plot is, is this kid named Baby. Well, you learn what his real name is later, but name is Baby. And he is a kind of a prodigy in driving. Yes. So he gets a job and a career. He's like the best driver in, in Atlanta, yeah. swear to God. Yeah. And you get his career of him being a really great getaway driver for 
criminal behavior, criminal yeah. mastermind played by Kevin Spacey, and you learn why Kevin Spacey uh, has him as a driver. Yes. Yeah, they never really show it, but they tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he kind of owes him a debt. Yes. And he, so they, he's a bit of a genius, almost like a borderline savant at the matter, which is, which is slightly brought up for two seconds. Right. And basically, it's him paying off his debt, and then the idea of him continuing in his life of crime and how to deal with that. And he has an old man taking care of him. And well, he takes yeah, care well, of well, foster dad, foster dad, right? And then they who is who is um, deaf by the way? Deaf, I thought that would that made for which, some great moment, which is related to what happened to him because he's suffering from tinnitus, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's well, that's due to an uh, accident that he suffered when he was young, yeah. So he hears his hum, right? And then he have a girl that he loved, yes, and he had a protector. That's it, crime stuff, and then crime shenanigans and uh, crazy cast of characters that comes in, in and out of the film. Uh, one of the people I thought would have I should have come back, but he didn't come back. Uh, but that's it. That's your plot, and then you have to deal with sh- crime shenanigans. Yeah, that's a movie. Um, well, as, as you mentioned, boilerplate script. Yeah, well, as, as you mentioned, characters that should have come back. Um, it's only one character. Yeah. who should have come back and didn't come back. Yeah, that that would be my one one of the couple of negatives I have with it. Right. Um, if it, uh, I believe yeah, you're yeah, referring like, like, to um John Burntow, right? John Burntow as, yeah. as Griff. Shane Man. Yeah. yeah, Shane Man. Yeah. I I was like. I told you yeah, yeah because because one thing I really loved about this the show here is that um, yeah, you know, for, like, for, right, so like like yeah, well, like comedy bad first. yeah they're comedy bad right so right. yeah with his character because of how well developed these characters are and from the the intro right he is involved in the intro right and a little bit yeah. afterwards but I felt that his character should have come back right but instead we give the kind of primary villainous duties to John Hamm who I thought was excellent right, right. although he I was looking at him like he, you know you look like Jeffrey Dean Morgan right, so I was thinking, that, 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 that here cut stubble and, yeah, stubble and stubble is like I yeah. just looking and I, I see seeing, I seeing Negan here I see that was, Negan. Yeah, that, I was thinking about that as well yeah. it's like they almost did that attention yeah so um, I don't know if, yeah, if it's because you don't want to quote unquote walk a dead looking character so let me just kick out I wanted to know how old this script is but it feels like a script that could have come out 10 years ago all right. Well, what I'm reading up here is that he came up with the idea. Edgar Wright wrote and directed this script. Yeah. Um, this film, sorry. Hold on. Came up with it in '94. Right. Actually. It feels something. It feels a little dated. Like it feels like a dusted off script a little bit. Yeah. It's very boilerplate. Um, they didn't have a big twist or anything, but it's yeah, like like if he was like now starting off, this would be right. A it, fe- it really feels and like an intro. intro it's, it's a good thing that you bring up that because um, to me, as I mentioned, Quentin Tarantino, this film really reminds me a lot like Reservoir Dogs. A little bit. Yeah. You know. Um, well, just for a couple of things. First off, the fact that we don't see the robberies that take place indoors. That's it's always from external perspective. Yeah. It's always like afterwards. You don't yeah. see the crime taking place. And of course, these gang, these, these group of, of bad guys meet up together yeah. and banter between them, you know? And of course, the musical references, which we'll talk yeah. about later. It, fe- it, it really felt dated. It felt, but, but here's the thing. Because yeah, well, that's, that, that's another criticism. Because I get the feeling that he, he updated it, but he didn't update it to update it a second time. So he, like, he wanted to make it. You want to make it again because they make a big deal about iPods. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, it makes sense in the, in the story. No, it's not like it don't make any sense, but it it really is hyped up. So you're gonna totally tell like if he did this ten years ago, it would have been a Walkman. Yeah. Or one of them a Walkman mixtape, something. I saw the Walkman, something. So they updated, but they make you know he, he balances it off really, but it really feels like a dusted off script. Yeah. Um, second thing, uh, so many little character changes didn't make some sense coming on to the end. I would agree too. Yeah. Um, especially with the character of um. Of Deborah, well, of Deborah, played by Lily James. Well, yeah. I don't really think I don't really have an issue with that 
yeah, yeah, she was like, she was in for the ride, whatever. But yeah, but, but I characters. felt it could have done a little bit more with, right. with, with her decisions right. surrounding Baby. Right, no, but, and, but, but really the major one, as I yeah, said, is with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Because lo and behold, he makes this huge character, well, change, I wouldn't say yeah. what it is. It's like, um, yeah, that's that can, so? That cannot come out of nowhere. Like, I know as he did, Akka, we had to wrap things up, but yeah, jeez, no, 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 you just kind of, like, switch. You yeah, just no, no, flip a switch there, right? Wow, okay. Yeah, I thought they would have sorted it out different. And it's like, wait, people, I thought they would have stayed loyal to the... Well, yeah, whatever, and, whatever. and, like, they kind of show, like, they kind of... One thing, one thing yeah. I'll say with, um... Now, the whole movie does this high-wire act very well of being in this fantasy world because the movie's a lot sillier than I expected. Yes, it's, but it's, it but, but it works. It, <laughs> it works. works. But the yeah. one character I'll say he's kind of the weakest in the film is uh, Jamie Fox. Oh, and you find so? Okay. I'll tell you why. Because now he, I thought he had he was good acting, but here's the problem: you couldn't buy that he was part of this world. Oh, I see. I because see. Because he was he was he was trying to be a kind of real gangster, but but being a silly gangster at the same time. Right. Like with with John Hamm, you got the sense of him being silly gangster, right? Yeah. Even to, even after what happens to him, yeah, you're yeah. still silly. With Jerry Fox, he's trying to be. You get the feeling that wait, he's a real gangster trying to be in the real world, but because the whole thing is not the real world, right? It does that. You know, I, if you remember the movie um, Baby Face, Baby Face, I'm trying to think, was the movie with um, with Johnny Depp? Uh, oh gosh, Cry Baby, Cry Baby, Cry Baby. I think it is. You know, I've never seen that movie. Either. Right, I've always it, heard it of it. It feels like that movie. Okay, it feels like a modern take on that as well. Right, it's a mix between that. And yeah, that that fifties throwback. Right, there, yeah. it has it has a feel to that. That same tone. It, yeah, tone. I mean, obviously it's modern, but it's uh, the same kind of old tone of this weird universe, that parallel universe that they live in. Yeah, it really feels like a movie set. Kind of Lynchian in a sense, like yeah, like But it really feels like a movie set. yeah, and uh, that worked for the most part. But Jimmy Fox felt like a real person coming into this world almost. Right, and he, they they couldn't balance the actor. It, it kind of had a kind of tonal on Canny Valley kind of thing going on with him. Right. Um, I, I agree with you actually um, because right. he's kind of playing the street man in a sense because right. he's like, well, you everything know, good, like, everything like, is ridiculous except yeah, for me. Like, like, like case in point, there's a scene where, where Kevin Spacey breaking down this plan right. to go into this bank, right? And Baby has his um, his, his, on, his right. earphones on, right? Right. So when he's done, when, when Kevin stops now, um, Jamie's like, I have one question. Well, Mr. Man here, have he, have he listen, listen, on, so yeah. he listed, you know, so, you know, and, you know, and, and that, that's what maybe yeah, really is the whole plan out thing, he feels like the only real, supposedly real person in a cartoon world. Yeah, like, but, like, like, like a street man in a sense. Right, but say. the thing is, he's, he dressed up and most flashy, ridiculous person at the same time. Yeah, Another yeah. problem, it was distracting, it was him. Because John Hamm wasn't that distracting. Jen Fontan no. wasn't that distracting. He was kind of distracting. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder if it's because it's, yeah, I was going to say that. Or if it's because it's Jamie Foxx, Right. Because he, I don't want to say... He is kind of the most animated character, though. Right. But, you know, because he's trying to play the street man and yeah, the over-the-top gangster kind of way, yeah. But it still works. I still like his character. He's still funny. He's still, yeah. he's still working with somebody. He's like that. I find he had a lot, a lot of dialogue, though. Yeah, yeah. Shockingly, that's, a lot of dialogue compared to part, everybody part else. Why would you say, you know that bitch? That was funny. Yeah, you know, uh, that, yeah, you know that bitch? Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, um, but some of the lies that he delivered was great. The silliness of the world is the work for me. Because here's the thing. This movie is probably, I'm going to turn it down into the good now. Yes, let's. This let's. movie probably is, I have to say, it, it more than likely will be used as a masterclass in rhythmic and metric editing. 
I was sick and he saved Holy it too. Holy shit, yes. editing in this movie. No. Editing in this movie, folks. Oh One of the reasons I love Shorty Dead so much is because of the edit. Yes. Especially that opening sequence. The that opening montage. Bing, 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 yeah. Bing, 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 bing. yeah, but yeah. this did that so well. I, like, somebody was arguing, oh, it's so silly and it makes sense. And they tried to make it out as if it's a sizzle reel. Not realizing the level of construction that went into this yeah. filmmaking. And, and you know, as you say that, I... Like, it didn't put, a sizzle like, reel like, oh, it just matching song to, to, to music. No, this flowing with the narrative so yeah, well and not yeah. a music video this above and beyond that by far right um, I, I would say this well well personally i would love and i'm not i don't want to bite edgar right here but i would so love what it is to make a movie similar to this which uses music yeah. not just in the background but right. as part of the film the yeah. guy the film not just well you know in just terms of like motion. the rhythmic editing yeah. emotion stuff like that you know stuff like that i like i saw in showing that and absolutely yeah. loved you know and I always wish that there was a it's movie that could do yeah. something like this. Now and here we have it. Yeah, know? it's not, as I say, it feels like proto, it feels like proto Edgar, right? As you say, because they said it was written in 94. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was written in, in 2001 or something. Yeah, uh, like, you know, like this could have been his Reservoir Dogs, if you will. Right. Something Definitely, that yeah. would have been like, oh shit, look at this new talent here. Yeah. Who's this guy? Edgar right. Wright. Boom, right. you know? Um, this one I enjoyed. I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I had fun with it. The characters worked, the, it worked in its own silly way. Um, it's not a. It's a film, but I can imagine it. it now there's a big, there's a, a little bit of a blowback going on with it, and I kind of understand where they're coming from because the movie plays itself very, very unseriously. Um, I could see a bunch of people like, oh, well, this had to be dark and da 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 da. And it's like, no, it's a right take. It's like his flashy take on on uh, on drive. It really feels like drive in many ways. Exactly. Arc, the arc of the character kind of plays out this is roughly the same way. The yeah. character's template is similar, even though it's a heist film. And it's very generic. It works out very, very similarly, I think, to drive in many ways. Right. Um, but the, obviously, the movie is different. Uh, it, you know, the characters, you're not sure if the character autistic. He has a female love interest. You have yeah. an old man going on. You have a crying person to deal with. Um, you know, and it works. Yeah. Uh, it feels like, I forget which, which music, but the music works. Yes. I'll talk about the music. Soundtrack is great. Yes. I'll say the soundtrack is a little too on the nose. You know, it was some of the more obvious songs. I'm like, okay, I know the song, I know that song. As a, as well, a, that, that's fine, that's right. okay. It's not his most eclectic film, I'll right. admit. Um, and that's one of those things, but because it's so well made from a film perspective, Daryl worked out just the simple editing, how stuff cut, where, you, where, where, how do you use the frame from cutting from scene to scene. Yeah. Like, you have this really cool shot with um, that, that catch me off guard where he's standing up in the frame and then it just cut. And the same pose. Yes. Oh, yes. When yes, yes cut I, I remember. Scene, right. Um, when when, when he was waking him up, well, he was like, baby. And he was getting ready to leave. Right. 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 And then yeah. they have a part with him standing in the bar and then they cut to the junkyard where he had to get rid of, well, there's a thing with a car yeah. in a junkyard. Um, that was cool. That, that was real, real cool. He stand up to the thing and then they cut straight. Little yeah. simple things like that. They're yeah. like, yeah, that's real hard though. Um, it's, it's a majesty of film. It, it really feels like something akin to Laurent Laurent. Or, oh yes, or stuff like perfect that. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's more about the f- this is the exercise as a film, mm-hmm. um, but it's above it's, it's above the idea of a scissory. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a scissory at all. It's just it's real simple simple story, um, but it works. Yeah, and it's, it's very well made. I'm gonna give him a rating soon, but you yeah. tell me. All right, so I'll just share my thoughts here quick, and then you'll just jump into to, to read it, right? Yeah. So I agree with you totally. Um, yeah, this this really. I was just watching this film. I was like. Okay, one of these days, I'm hoping that in universities or whatever, film schools, whatever, yeah. they study the shit out of this movie. Um, in terms of, of editing, the yeah. way how you edit. I'm a part of John Hammond, some guns. Yes. That was hard. That action, <laughs> there's, there's, an act, there's two action sequences, folks, yeah. set to music, and the way how yes. it's cut to the beat yes, right. is so fucking incredible. Yeah, John. I was really like, well God, I wish I, I want to do that one yeah, day. That, I want to do that, that 
one day. It is hard. so incredible. That was um, hard. But yeah, from from an editing perspective, but more for me of a sound perspective. Yes, you, sound design. Sound design, yeah, sound right. mixing. Uh, if this uh, shit is not uh, nominated that, for for at least one Academy that was, Award, that was mentioned. Yeah, that was mentioned with that because oh right, I was gonna say this was to my last point. Is like this was kind of free fire all over for me. Uh, oh yeah, where it's a reasonably generic script, not that interesting. But, but, but the style, so the style yeah. really elevates it. Yeah, I, I do yeah. agree with you. And it, it is a style over substance thing, but it's it is, a good yeah. kind of style over substance. Yeah. It's not, oh, well, it's just dismissive. No, it's really well done. Yeah. And it, um, that gives it so many points that the, the downsides, you could ignore it. You can right. forgive the downsides. Yeah. All right. Well, I agree with you. Right. Yeah. So in terms of sound design, I am so, so, so happy that I saw this on big screen. Yeah. So I was be able to hear the little sound, these stuff, right? Yeah. So one thing that I really loved, right, in terms of the original um, the music, right, yeah. done by Stephen Price, who did the excellent score for, for Gravity. If you haven't listened to it, please do. And here he kind of does the same thing where there would be like to heighten certain moments, like there would be a certain sound cue that would take place. And then the music would build off of that sound cue. Yeah. So whether it's something dropping on the ground or somebody slamming their fist, it would build off of that, or like yeah. a car crash or something like that, and it builds off of that. Um, there's not a, there's not a, there's not too much original music um, in the film, which isn't a bad thing. But when it's there, it works for me. Um, but yeah, the sound design and mixing was so spot on, so brilliant. Um, just from characters talking to ambient sound to, to diegetic sound all of it is just yeah. mixed so perfectly um, I just would love to just hear this in like a 5.1 surround like home theater system yeah. just to hear these little sounds go here and there and, and like I said before if this movie is not nominated for at least one Academy Award you know techni- for, for technical stuff now yeah. I would be really pissed off yeah um and while I talk about soundtrack, let me talk about music. Yes, the musical choices are so well. They, they, yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree with you. They, they are kind of on the nose. It's like you know, yeah, you have that that popular song that you remember or you've heard before. Yeah. Uh, oh yes, yeah, so by the way, hip hop heads or aficionados who love production or love beats like I do, you would pick up one or two little references to, right. to, 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 um, the, to music that were references. The, the original sample to um, Dr. Dre, I think, had one. Yes, um, yeah. the, the song that he sampled for the next episode, that yeah. bing, 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 mm-hmm. bing, 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 Although, I never knew the song, eh? but I know, yeah. I, I know the song, but I never knew the name of it. Right, no, I knew, I knew, I was kind of expecting that, because he had good hip-hop songs, but at the same time, I, in my head, I was like, alright, but they're going to do the original sample anyway, so that's yeah. what I was expecting. Right, there was one particular track that uh, one of my favorite rappers slash producers, Mad Lib, you know, referenced yeah. on his um, The Unseen album. Yeah. I'm not going to say what it is, but, you know, just listen to that album, Listen to the instrumentals properly, and then when you go into the movie, you'll pick up on it. Trust me, right? So it's all these, you know, these samples as well. And I was like, yeah, boy, this is like the perfect thing for somebody who loves, you know, who, who loves uh, hip-hop instrumentals. And that reminded me of one particular scene that I really genuinely loved, where he first met, uh, where Baby first met um, Deborah. Yeah. And where she mentions um, that song that she was singing, Baby, this is yeah. Baby something song. It's like, what's the name of that song? It's like, well, that's the name of the song. Yeah, baby and baby. he goes into a record store and buys the, buys the actual yeah. LP. I was is, like, shit, I want to do that. Yeah, that's, it's, I it's, want it's very, that life. It's, very, it's hipsterish, yeah, but it's, a, it's good hipsterish. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of life I want to do there. But I'll, I'll, I'll get the reason why he does that because this is one thing that caught me by surprise. And I was like, I wish I could do this shit. Like, he is recording um, bits of yes, audio that, yes, um, that yeah. like, um, the, Kevin Spacey's character and other characters. Yeah, 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 yeah,
he goes home, he takes those vocal snippets yeah, and he, he, he makes beats out of them. Yeah. I was like, ah. but how you do it is like real old school stuff. Like you see how you were scratching yeah. it. Like I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck me. I wish I could do that. Yeah. I wish I had a setup like this where I could create my own beats from home. Now. I have my little drum machine and stuff. I thought that was like really, really, really dope. Now, you know? It's clever, yeah. Um, and never just jump into the character of Baby. I thought that, yes, he is the lead, and I thought that he's the most fascinating character in this entire show. Yeah. Um, just the fact that he, you know, uses music not just as a form of, you know, um, enjoyment and, you know, stuff like that, but as escape, you know, because he's he's burned by that memory of his, um, well, slight spot, they see it in trailer, though, of his, um, his parents dying in that car accident, and, you know, the tinnitus that he, he ended up having, yeah. you know? He uses music as a form of escape, and the way how they express that visually and sonically throughout the movie, I thought was excellent. There are a few fight, um, flight of fantasy moments here, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll get to a couple of those and why some people might not like elements of the film. But I thought that it would do. I thought that you really got into his head. There's like like the title sequence, for example, where it's almost reminiscent of a musical. Yeah, I was thinking Gene Kelly singing in the ring kind of stuff. Where and yes. There is some choreography um, incorporated into this film where it's almost like he's dancing, he's walking through the streets and he's listening to his music and he's, you know, he's enjoying it now, you know? And that's like right after he does his job where he helps the guys. And of course, while he's waited for the for the um, the people to do their thing in the banks, he's listening to music. Yeah. I like how he, he has it in such a way that he's, because they work in, yeah, he, he timing now. Yeah. Because the robbers themselves working on time. He wants like the grand moment in his song to come at the moment where yeah, the yeah. characters run out to the bank and then he's driving and he's avoiding the cops now. You know, I really love that. Um, his character, I thought, was really well developed and stuff. I felt that in the second act, though, it's almost like everybody else kind of pushed him aside, especially when Jimmy Fox's character came in. I felt it was more like about Jimmy Fox's um, being all erratic and stuff and less about um, Baby. But I get the sense that, okay, Baby is supposed to be observing softness so we are observing things through his eyes and this is where we see him really come to terms with it you know emotionally where it's like well yeah these guys are bad and i don't want them you know affecting people that i know so i yeah. have to get out of this so while i get that we see in things from his perspective at, at at times i really did feel that it was more the jimmy fox show haha <laughs> you know more right. than you know babies yeah, yeah you gotta eat up this scenery a lot yeah, especially this one scene where he goes and it's this gun deal kind of thing. That was a that, particularly funny moment, but, but I felt it was yeah. more the Jimmy Fox show right. than, than the thing I, I, I don't know, the movie, uh, the movie could have do without that. Yeah. Lot of that. And by the way, his, his nickname is Bats, and it's like, well, yeah, he's clearly Bats. Um, no, they have a funny joke with that, with, the, with four letters. That was funny. Yes, yeah. I catch <laughs> yes, it was. We won't spoil it. Yeah. Um, John Hamm, I thought, was great as the, well, kind of primary villain. Uh, he plays Buddy. Um, his girlfriend, Dalin, very sexy looking um, Latina chick. Mm. Their, their dynamic together was pretty good. Like, they were pretty much trying to play the, the Bonnie and Clyde characters, the, yeah. the ride or die kind of thing. And I like how they play that. that I mean, it wasn't too much yeah, emphasized, yeah. but it's like, well, well yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we get, get there. Yeah. Um, John Bernatel, I thought, like, you he plays Griff. I felt they could have done more with him. To me, I felt that he could have been what John was. What that's the thing. I thought they would have bring. Because Sorry, well, he could have been like what Buddy was. It was confusing because it was like, wait, they bring. He say he don't use the same crew, but then he bring back other people, and it's like, wait, why didn't just? Yeah, like why just bring him back in? Like what? Because right. if you didn't want to okay, walk in dead looking characters in it. Kill Asian guy, so it's like, all right, you do the thing with Asian guys. Like, all right, okay, well then, whoever. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I was a little let down because like, geez, because I was thinking he was going to be the villain, man. And then John Hamm would have just been in the background or something like that, now, you know. But yeah, John is, well, John Hamm is the villain. And I was like, all right, okay, interesting. He had the Negan look down already. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, it, what you're saying in terms of the world that he creates, he works well yeah, as yeah. that villain there. Um, but I do agree with you in terms of Jamie Foxx where he's trying to be the straight man. But it's almost like he is in a yeah. different film, you know, and yeah. almost like he's just there to kind of make aware of what's going on. Right. Um, and this is the one thing that I think will throw off some people with this. And, you know, you, well, I could go deeper and say, well, this is like the problem with musicals or, sorry, the problem why some people don't like musicals. Because musicals primarily are fantasy, you know, flights yeah. of fantasy here. And there are scenes here which play off of that, play yeah. off the, the musical aspect of it. I know some people might be like, well, uh, it doesn't really work for me. I don't really care for this stuff. But I think it works perfectly in the film. It's just that, um, especially like in the end, which I won't spoil, I felt it could have done a little bit more. It just kind of wraps up abruptly and it's like, well, right. you know, I get that you're trying to create the fantasy thing that, of course, the songs that they reference well, I, here, I, no, they but I felt it could have done a little bit more no, here. No, the end was fine because it fulfilled the arc properly and I, I thought, I like what it did with it in the end. I know, like, but, but what I, what, the thing is with that, I don't want to spoil anything with the ending, is that because, like, I, because I was looking at the film like this... Um, romanticization of like the car culture of say the 50s right right so say like what american graffiti did in the 50 um well 70s it, well it it came on in 1973 but it was about the 50s right yeah yeah, yeah. that whole happy muscle happy car thing you're yeah. driving you have your chick in the passenger side and you have the music playing yeah. so it plays off of that aspect of car films you know and yes you do have the fast and furious element of it with the fast cars and stuff and by the way this has some of the best like car chases I have seen in a movie. Yeah, it's period. very clever. I well I didn't period. I was a little on the one with somebody editing there because it cut about in some strange ways, but because it structured the car chases it worked. Yeah. And then I, I that's another downside of the movie. There's a ending where it's there's a chase, it's not a car chase. And I was a little on the one by that. It's not too much of that. Yeah. Whatever. It was um fine. and I was reminded of course with um Transformers. Oh yeah, bullshit. And the way how their car chains were car scenes sorry car chases sorry were edited. But you know, uh, and you know, it's easy to say. But look, look at the jump cuts here. Look, look, look at the like second shots that he used, and like um, in in this car chase scene here in Baby Driver. But because there's not a lot of vehicles involved, right. and you know who is involved, you know who is in 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 the vehicles. Well, at least who you should be following, right? And because you're in Baby's perspective, right? Yeah. You would know he's chasing. He's being chased by cops or whatever like that. So you could follow up with going on regardless of how much cuts you use. So I'll defend it in that regard, right? But you know, I but the way how it's structured, the way how it's framed together, it's not all these close-up shots in there. Yes, you have the jump cuts here, there, and and you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, Transformers did that, and I, you know, you could complain about that and look at that, you know, it's it's so modern, so fast, I can't pick up on anything. But still, because you know what's going on. Because you get a sense of scope and know who it, where characters are, you're not confused. You're not like yeah. trying to figure out what's going on, and that's the problem that um, that befell um, Transformers. But forget Transformers, right? So those car chases really reminded me of the old school movies like Bullet and yeah. French Connection and even Drive and all. You know those throwbacks to those you know those 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 classic car movies. You know and this movie really works as that just like this nice little homage to car movies and to an extent musicals you know it, it i've not seen it's like la la land but you know the 50s you know the music that they use throughout this is like 
yeah, just right off the bat is like the perfect, you know, the 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 the, the, the perfect music that they will listen to in that era now. You know, when you're in that car with your chick at the side and all that kind of stuff. It really plays off of that. Um, I know for some people that might be a little too much. It might be like, well, you know, it's modern day. Why are we doing all this fifty shit for? You know, but because it's the music and how it drives the film, I felt that right. it works well enough. It's just the ending. I felt it could have been more about the car or just about the romanticism of the car as no. opposed to just the romance between right. Baby like, and Deborah. But I think they never you know? really made a thing about the car because he dumped the car in the beginning. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you would think that, oh, he, he loved this one car in particular. Not really. Moving on. Yeah. I really like I was expecting that. a riding off to the sunset kind of yeah, end. Yeah, like okay. I was expecting that. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah, so the performances are great. I thought yeah. that Ansel Elgott who, by the way, plays um, Baby. I thought he was great. Yeah. I never saw him in the Fault in Our Stars, but I heard that was a pretty decent movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was great in this. I like that he was able to express that kind of calm uncertainty about him just by, you know, even though he doesn't have that much lines to say, but just when he's silent, when you could tell that he's he's angry inside, you know, especially like within the second act leading up to the third act you yeah. could tell that you know he's, he's he's about to explode you know what i mean but he's just holding it back and you're just wondering why there's this this kind of weird curiosity that you have with him yeah lily james i thought was 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 decent as deborah i mean she she has this fine face and all um and i kind of buy into their romance together but i just felt that like at one point they kind of literally stopped the film to just focus on the romance and right. i mean it was nice to watch but i was like okay let me just get back to what we was doing yeah but they, they, they jump up they jump from it one time girl, really yeah scene. i thought that was nice uh, that was clever. yeah and i felt like in the third act there were some decisions that she made where it felt like it was just convenient to just move the story right. along right. instead of well you know what are you doing oh shit i can't be a part of her it's just like yeah. well i love you baby i just yeah, need yeah. to be with you baby with yeah, her yeah. southern accent it was like well yeah uh come on this fantasy flight of fantasy thing again, of, yeah. you know what i mean um kevin spacey of course is great with his deadpan yeah. kind of yeah, style of, of delivery and thing it's just his character change and he told that was like um just so yeah, yeah. <laughs> john ham really surprised me as just being the bad guy yeah, like i said but i just felt that john burntal could have been needy yeah, i would, yeah, I would, I would prefer to see more john, john burntal yeah um there are a couple of cameos as well like a blink like a couple of blink and you miss it moments like you know, um, Killer Mike from from uh, oh, yeah. from 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 uh, Ronnie Jules, yeah. from Ronnie Jules was there, and I heard one of their songs. I believe it was it was it was in the first Ronnie Jules album. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the first or the second one. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, Big Boy the... wasn't it? I was like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're repping ATL here, you know? yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the musical choices, though, like I say, were fantastic. If you're a hip hop head, you'll notice some of those samples there. And I thought it really added this this vibrancy to the film now because. Um, shipping me going into this film like they rated this thing down here in Trinidad that's 16 years and over now it's like okay this movie this gotta be dark then there's some when when it's dark I mean dark in terms of like tense moments I was really expecting drive all over again yeah but I was like this is not as dark as I expected to be there's some like graphic violence and stuff like that That but you would expect that from a from a a Edgar Wright movie anyway you know and those are just for like shock value and stuff like that but still this easy could have just been a 14 and over movie, right. right? I don't know if it's because the 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 um the millennials wouldn't get the whole musical aspect I, of I it. Know, I don't know. But I don't care because I think the music just works excellently with this film. It adds so much to this movie and you know, especially in the editing, my god, the way how this movie works with the editing, this with character movement, the way how they move from shot to shot, you know, 
just that kind of choreography, that movement, you know? It reminds me a lot like what um uh gosh, like what John Woo used to say with his early action films where to get inspired to, to choreograph those scenes, to, to, to set them up. He'd watch musicals, he'd yeah. watch Hollywood musicals. Yeah. And the way how the action scenes and even right now the driving scenes are, are set up yeah. and uh, edited is very much like a musical, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll just get I'll just kinda of wrap things up from here. And you know, for me, you know, loving film and all that. This to me is, is really why I love Edgar Wright's movies so much. You could tell this guy really loves movies, you know. He throws back to musicals, to car movies, you know, to car cheese movies of like the sixties and seventies, that kind of thing. But he does it in this fresh and inventive way. And you're right though, it really does feel like something that come out in the nineties, like you know, this would have been your breakout film or your debut film, like say your reservoir dog, something that did so something different. Or like what Danny Boyle did with Shallow Grave, which was a great debut movie by the way. Something that you know, like in the nineties, you know, when you want to break out, you have to do something that just so out of the box, you know, that kind of thing. And it feels yeah. like something that what um, Edgar Wright would have done um, had he not done um, that TV show Spaced or um, oh gosh, or Shawnee Dead back in like two thousand four. It felt like this was the debut movie that he wanted to do now, right. but he just had to wait to get to the states because probably the aesthetic of it would have worked better in the states and it would have, would have worked up in England. Like in England, it would have just come off more of a parody. Because, you know, he used to do, like, parody films and stuff like that. Now, like, the, the whole inspiration behind Hot Fuzz was a parody film that he did when he was a film student, you know what I mean? Right. And that, that short film, by the way, is is so freaking funny, Jay. You need to check it out. Okay. But all that aside, though, I would say this is easily one of his um, best films. I wouldn't put it up there as, say, Hot Fuzz or um, or Shawnee Dead. But it, it, it comes close to those, those movies, though. And I can also say it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. I wouldn't put it as yeah. top five. But I I'll put like I, I, a between a six and a I just, ten. I just like, I don't know, I just enjoy my, my just well-made films. It ought to be brilliant or nothing, but again, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. as I say, it's, it's Free Fire all over again. Free exactly. Fire. It, Free Fire it, surprised me. Yeah, it, um, it, it does remind me of, of Free Fire. I would actually say I actually prefer it a little bit more because right. I actually cared about the characters. In right. Free Fire, I was like, okay, which idiot guy am I now? But I ah, think that's why Free you Fire worked because you didn't, you, 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 all of them supposed to die. Yeah, it's like, ha it's stupid. You yeah, know what I mean? kind of expecting all, all of them to die or be memed. It's yeah, but this one, because of Baby's character, and he's such a charming character and such so well-developed, and because all the characters, even though most of them are, are particularly bad guys and they're doing bad things, because of their characterization, and I like that it's it's not much, but we're given enough for them to be like, okay, I, I, I understand Kevin Spacey's character. I know I understand uh, uh, Jamie Foxx's character. I get where these characters are coming from. The way how they write it works is so Tarantino-esque. I don't want to use that term, but it does remind me of like Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you it's every like bit of, of Edgar Wright. It's every bit Edgar yeah. Wright in the way how the, the dialogue is, the way how it's delivered and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, this is easily one of the best movies I have seen this summer. And for the year, I must say, um, this was... Wow! This 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 really made up for, for, for Transformers last night, for yeah, sure. Watch, watch out uh, while I would say it's the best movie of the year, I would easily say it's one of the best. Yeah, so it's, I'll a, it's a nice palette cleanser. Yeah, it's a nice, a nice palette cleanser for me. Yeah. So I would give this a decent, a strong four to five stars. Yeah. Give this one a look. Don't let the fifties aesthetic throw you off. Well, not not fifties. Fifties tone, I should say. Tone of it throw you off, yeah. or like or like the musical aspect, like I don't like musicals or I don't like car movies. You know, because of La La Land, you know, hate it or love it, or because of Fast and Furious, the franchise, hate it or love it. You know, I I can't imagine this being for like the the hipster, like, well, 
Ugh, I don't like Fast and Furious. It's so juvenile. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know what I mean? Like this would be the movie for them or La La. Oh, I don't like how it's it's all like, you know, homages and all that kind of stuff. You know, we, I, I think it caters to both crowds while at the same time catering to the people who love La La Land for those reasons or who love the Fast and Furious movies for the reasons. There's something in this movie that people will, will really appreciate it, you know? Um, if you don't care for the violence, if you don't care for the, um, for the car chases, you know, well shot and excellent as they are, I mean, it, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who will not find some kind of enjoyment or excitement off of seeing those scenes. Yeah. But at least the music, at least they could take away the excellent score. Well, sorry, that is, well, the score as well, but at least you will take away the excellent soundtrack here. These are songs that, yeah, I encourage people to just go up and look up and listen to the to the albums and stuff like that. You know, somebody like me uh, 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 who wants to be a connoisseur of music, you know, this is right up my alley. I want to find these songs. I mean, I wish I could go to record stores and, you know, do shopping there, but I can't. But unfortunately, I, there's YouTube, so I could go and look up these artists and learn more about their music. But yeah, for the music, for the music head, for the hip-hop head, for the car head, for the, um, for the musical head, this movie is for you, Trent. And if, you, if you're not either one of those, you still find something to enjoy with, with Baby Trevor. So by all means, guys, do check it out as soon as. Yeah. So yeah. what's your rating? Yeah, for me, uh, yeah, La La Land meets Drive worked. Um, yeah, it did. That's the, elef- <laughs> that's the elevator pitch for this. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this movie. Um, again, just so well made in many ways. I uh, enjoy the just editing. I'd say rhythmic, tonal. I mean, it's just a masterclass of editing overall. Yeah. Um, song design, as they say, song um, yeah, the sound design, sound mixing, sound mixing it's Oscar yeah. Woody, well, guys. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Woody. it was on, on point in that way. Yeah. And I could really probably get an award for, for that. Um, yeah, I give this one a, move, a high movie tone. Ah, yes, well yeah. done. A high movie tone. This, this was really well done. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, as I said, the flaws bring it down when you think about it. When it's yeah, like, it's, it's not it. a perfect movie, but. Yeah, because actually, when I just walked out of the theater, it was like a low IMAX, and I was like, nah, when you start to think about it, it's like, ah, yeah. But this is one where the good does outweigh the totally bad. Totally outweigh the bad, yeah. More so ways than one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, Matthew, and we contact you, good sir. Alright, so we're doing something a little different here. Alright, well, you can contact me, or you can find me, I should say, on Twitter. Look for my handle, legallyblackmgp. MGB in capital letters. You could also um, find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, as well as a legally black official fan base where you'll find the links to the podcast that, we, that we've done over the past two years, as well as this one here that you're listening to here now, um, as well as my reviews as well. So, Ricardo, where can we find you online, dude? Persat, R M E D D Y. That is at R M E D at M R E D D Y at R. M E D D Y at R M E D D Y <laughs> on Twitter, and then you could just find me just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You can find me right there. Yeah. All right. So stuff to look forward to before we do the outro. You know, two Sp- years have passed, Sp- kind of thing, right? Spooderman. Yeah. So stuff. Yeah. Spooderman. Homecoming. Homecoming. We're, We're get, definitely gonna check that out. Uh, uh, we okay. have to see this in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I'm probably it. not gonna see it in IMAX because the IMAX on out. But uh, I'll probably go and see it in IMAX yeah. later on. Um, uh, the Spikamimi tree. Yeah, I I don't know. Here's the thing. Like I would, I would I would confess something. I have never seen. Uh, I think it's Illumination and the Demon. Yeah picture on big screen I've, I've always kind of skipped oh, really? them out not, not a never, single yeah. one wow yeah. uh, never seen any of them I think I saw, uh, the, first, I saw the first it's become me in theaters that was yeah. about it I didn't see the sequel I didn't see the minions in theaters I didn't see uh, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, uh, well, I say I won't call myself the biggest fan. Like I've, I've nah. always skipped them. I, I, they just never resonated yeah, with never, me as much as say a Pixar or a DreamWorks movie. Nah. but I may give this one a a, 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 
I'll try. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll try. For me, if, like, if I don't see it, well, so yeah, be it. For me, they'll put them on. And then, of course, coming on, coming on the pipeline, them apes. Yeah, them sleep. apes. Them apes, we're yeah. supposed to get in it yeah. July 12th. Yeah, I am wise. so excited for that. Yeah, I really um, for that as well. We also get in the house, which is this um, comedy featuring McGill and yeah, uh, E.B. Polar. I hear that's some bullshit, too. Uh, and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. I think it's maybe easy Will Ferrell curse because in uh, just yeah, the no, films he, that he's been signing he had, he had some bullshit. He had a guilty yeah. comfort um, The Beguiled, that's a show right, that I am excited a, a for. Well, I, um, I saw the original one years ago. Okay. I can't remember oh, it's it that much. Yeah, it's a remake. It's, okay. a, it's a old movie came in 1971, Don Siegel directed. Okay. Um, Clint Eastwood was in it. It was okay. like, what there's like oh shit this is, is the man with no name doing something different yeah, right, okay. okay interesting you know being vulnerable for once um you know it was it was a product of its time so i can't wait to see what, they, what they do here and it's uh, sophia coppola, right? greetings with it uh, sophia coppola yeah. Okay, yeah cast is great that trailer is fantastic yeah, yeah, oh I love my that god and it's so a, a dark big, a, a, big, wow. a big strong cast as well i didn't expect this cast to be so strong you know like, oh, um, I know you, colin I know you. ferrell nicole kidman yeah. l fanning l. you know um who i saw last year with um that show that we were divided up on Neon Demon. Right. Neon right, Demon, right, sorry. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, Dunkirk, a show that I am right, excited as hell for. Yeah. Supposed to get that at the end of this month. Yeah. And a couple things in August, we're supposed to get an emoji movie. Right. Uh, don't care for it. And some local. And, and yeah, local um, local Cutlass local. is supposed to be coming yeah. out. We may review yeah, it here, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to do a review of it on uh, what my uh, Was the Scene show, so right. you can look out for that. And finally, Dark Tower, which yeah. I'll. I want to read the books. I have no clue, but uh, I have no clue I don't about know if I had it. Time. It's doing a thing that I, I, I really want to see in a film, and it's something I want to do for a film. But it's doing a thing, and I want to see it, which is oh, yes. Western oh, yes. Guncutter. Yeah, yeah, Western Guncutter. Yes, yeah, so I want to see that. So I'm doing that. So cool. Yeah, lovely. All right. Yeah. So in closing, as we said before, as we said at the very beginning here, yeah, man, two years have passed, man. Right. What? <laughs> Are we still doing this though? We 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 still no, yeah, like years, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, you know, we, we've actually gotten better in terms of, you know, how we speak in front of the mic for one thing and not stumbling that much. I was yeah. expecting myself and to be stumbling a cuts. lot here. This one, so many, but, cuts. Yeah, so many cuts. Yeah. So many cuts, like a Michael B. movie. But, you know, here we actually started to get better as well. I'm um, actually kind of developing my, my, my mission statement, you know, as in why I'm doing this here. You know, really, just at the end of the day, I feel that film criticism is just very important, not just um, film in general, but, like, for local film. Like, I feel like down here, you know... Yeah, it's a mess. You know, yeah, it is. You know, I'm uh, 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 sorry to say, but it's it is, you know? It's a mess, and I, and, I know, and I know exactly why it's a hot Yeah, I and, mean, you know, we always like to clap your hands and say, yeah, it was a good show, it was a good show, nah, but we nah. never like to nah, stop you know, and tell I, the person I the root, why. I know the you know? root problem of the issue. It's a classic root problem in your research and all that, but yeah. with film, it's particularly egregious, but I already yeah. have the cure, so it's, and, good. And it's I, just I, soon to inject the patient with it. Yeah, and I think with our culture, because, yeah, with our culture, we are not the type to 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 rush out to, to, to watch a movie review as soon as we see a movie. Yeah. We go see it when we have time to kill and then we come out like, yeah, it was good, but what made it good or what made it suck, you know? And I think by, you know, us talking about it or just encouraging people to sit down and really talk about what makes a film good or bad, you know, yeah. you know when we make our own films, our future projects and all that, we will take that kind of stuff and kind of really build take our it. time and build from it. Yeah. I think that's how our film industry you know, yeah, it, it, you know, we'll use that term loosely. Well, I'll, I'll That's how about, we will get I'll better. Talk about, I'll talk about Cutlass with that. <laughs> I'll talk about that with Cutlass. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but as, as I say, in some ways it's a step in the right direction, but at the same time, yeah. Well, yeah. Next. Um, but yeah, but I really want the show to just develop where we could actually, 
you know, do like what the shimos. No, no, where you have yeah, like yeah. your studio and you have your big, um, like you have your setup, well perfect and thing, and you have like well, not so much daily shows, but yeah, you know, every okay. week or so, you, you, it, like legit right. now, you know that kind of thing. Material. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so if not, somebody else comes in our place and do the same thing. Yeah, so well, cool. We build in that too. Yeah. So. All right. So once again, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Whenever you listen to this, this was Machibili and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode and another year of BS Beats and Bailey. So yeah, I don't know what to expect with the third one here. Season this third, <laughs> but that's about we still need the season three. But I talk about the year itself. Yeah. So um, hopefully we'll get some great movies leading up to the end of the year. We wouldn't get you know bullshit movies like Transformers. Yeah, but yeah, Spider-Man, uh, uh, we are moves. Well, right. you don't want to hang yourself just yet. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. So, uh, yes, and for those who have been supporting us for the past couple of years, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Keep keep the support, keep, uh, you know, keep supporting us in what we're doing. And, you know, we want to get better at this, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so no telling where we go from this point on, but, you know, just hope that we get some great movies, you know, <laughs> during yeah, this, this ride. Coming up. All right. All right, so take care, guys. Until the next one. Peace. Later.